This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. All I want for Christmas is a bit of Jimmy. Is that your choice? Was that your choice? Well, I'm happy with it. Oh, that's good. It's uh, great stuff. This is the DJ extraordinaire. Oh, dropping. Dropping the a bit tunes. of tunes. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Kia ora all. Welcome into the show. Emotional show it will be today for a variety of reasons. What are those reasons? Well, it's our last show of the year. Yes, that is emotional. Uh, we're back in the studio together. Yes. How was it last week? I don't remember. <laughs> so you did three hours of radio and don't remember any of it. <laughs> no, I do remember it. How how did it go, do you reckon? I was in the Hawks Bay. I was in a little studio there after our Christmas party. Um, there was a lot of intrepidation around um, my fronting up in a studio remotely. It was the first time we've done remote between you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was trepidation from Ben and I that you wouldn't front at all. So you did turn up, so well done you. <laughs> and how did he go? Good morning to you, Ben Francis. Sorry, guys. Good morning. Uh, how did Grant do last week? Uh, I would say that he played, or he did a, a, did probably a bit better than his test career, but not as good as his ODI career. Okay. Okay, that's not too bad. I uh, don't mention the test career. That's pretty it's a low, bar. Low, <laughs> low, low barometer there. <laughs> yeah, so we are in studio here in Wellington for our final show of the season. Our Captain Fantastic, Mr. Ben Francis, uh, producer extraordinaire uh, with us. We take you through to 1 o'clock. We'd love you to join us. Our lines are always open, 0800 150 You can text us on our double eight double three. We've got a great old show for you, as always. Um, our final Saturday session legend of the year that we will be involved in. We've got an absolute uh, legend. Um, really fascinating career path uh, that one Leslie Murdoch has taken. Um, international hockey player, went to the Olympics in 1984, of course, uh, Woman New Zealand Women's Test Captain, of course, um, and recently been given quite a big honour at New Zealand Cricket. Yeah, I gave uh, Leslie a call um, this week and asked her if she'd join us for our final show um, of the year. And uh, I have worked with Leslie. She's a magnificent human being and has such a fascinating career path and you know, what she's done. And I think she's someone that will fall in line with every legend we've had on the show around passion for sports, and not just cricket. Yeah, wonderful broadcaster, and a lot of people uh, might only know her as a broadcaster, mm. uh, but a heck of a, an athlete herself. Um, and now pre- President El Presidente. Presidente of, of New Zealand Cricket. Yeah, so uh, Leslie Murdoch is our Saturday session uh, legend in association with uh, Somerset. She will join the show in just over an hour's time. After 12 o'clock, of course, SCNZ has been the home of the FIFA World Cup. Two games remaining tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. It's the third and fourth playoff. Yes, the game no one wants to play. Um, and then Monday morning, uh, 4 a.m., it is uh, Argentina up against France. And Mr. Fred de Jong, former all-white uh, fine younger, will join us um, about, what, five past 12. So looking forward to catching up with him. So uh, they are the experts, acquaintances and friends 
uh, as we say in our um, promos, joining us today. Uh, right though, right now at the top of the hour at three minutes after 10 o'clock, let's get into the uh, sporting headlines. And FIFA is set to reconsider the format of the 2026 World Cup in the United States, Mexico and Canada, uh, says the hood, Gianni Infantino, the big boss of FIFA. Now, Grant, you will be aware that the FIFA World Cup uh, increases as far as uh, team numbers from 32 at this World Cup through to 48 for the next competition. And we're set to be divided into 16 groups of three. Oh. With the top two progressing to the last 32. It makes sense after all the upsets. Mathematically speaking, that's the easiest. But the current World Cup is four in a group. Yeah. And that means you've got Two games going simultaneously to decide the group in the last group of games. Yes, so um, Infantino has said they, that it will be looked at maintaining groups of four despite going to our 48 teams after the success of the four-team groups at this World Cup in Qatar. Uh, I don't know how the maths work. 48 divided by four is 12. If you get six on each side. If you get two... Top qualifiers, that's only 24 teams, so I don't know how they'll figure out um, the remaining teams to actually fill the 32, but um, those uh, details will be uh, hammered out uh, down the line. Grows the game globally, though. Well, increasing the numbers, I, I think if there's, there's only one sport in the world where I think you could go to that number and actually not dilute it completely. It will be diluted somewhat, of course, um, but the game has gone truly global. Look what Morocco has done. A fantastic story they have been, if not the story of the World Cup. Uh, how's this for a story, Grant? The Sydney Thunder were dismissed for 15. <laughs> that is some high-grade sandpaper. The lowest score in men's T20 history as they were thrashed by Adelaide Sixers in the Big Bash League last night. Why am I laughing? I, I know. Oh, <laughs> they I... were chasing 140 to win, but the Thunder were bowled out in just 35 balls. With number 10, Ben Doggett, I hope I pronounced that correctly, scoring four. Duckett. And he was the top scorer. Is it Duckett? Well, it definitely says Doggett there. Uh, five players made a duck, including uh, England T20 World Cup winner and opening batsman Alex Hales. Uh, the previous lower score was Turkey, who I didn't even know played cricket, <laughs> losing to the Czech Republic, who I know played cricket mainly because of funny videos online. Uh, they made 21 in 2019. I'd like to know if anyone's had a worse day out in sport than that. Wow. If you have, let us know. 0800-150-811. Who can top being bowled out for 15? Have you lost a football game 59-0? Or been beaten 207-0 in rugby? Or bowled out for less than 15? Now is your chance to join us and tell uh, your st- side of the story. Uh, strikers pace bowler Henry uh, Thornton took 5 for 3. Wes Agar 4 for 6 as they claimed a 124-run victory against the, and this is very well written by Ben Francis, abject thunder. But you know what's funny about this, right, is that a lot of times you'll be in the change room and you'll have a bad T20 game because you've always got one that's not going to go according to plan where you just nick everything. Um, But the coach normally goes, oh, well, let's just forget about that one and we'll move on. But when you bolt out for 15, 15, I mean, that's incredible. I haven't seen these dismissals. But I've seen two of them. One was like a flashing drive. It was probably when they were seven down. Seven down for maybe eight or something. Um, top score was, what did you say? It was four. 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 Unbelievable. I mean, what does the batting coach do? Uh, I'd like Resign. to speak to the top five. Let's just have a chat. Let's review 
the innings. I don't know where you go from there. You can't just wipe the the slate clean. And this is you can't do the Steve Hansen flush the dunny and move on. No, let's just flush it and well, you know, we move on and you know it's all about processes. That's what it's about. It's about uh, not not thinking about you know the game ahead or the the game in the past. Let's just think about ball by ball. Um, so yeah, we made some mistakes as players, but we're going to learn from those. Pulled out for 50. Absolutely incredible. Uh, if you can top that as far as a terrible day out in sport, let us know. I'd love to hear your stories. 0800-150-811-8833. Open line talk. Uh, if there's an issue you want to discuss, feel free. Uh, top of my mind, Grant, would be FIFA World Cup, Argentina, France in the final. Who wins? I'd love to hear from our listeners on that. Does Messi need to win to increase an already staggering career, his legacy? Um, and what if Kylian Mbappe uh, wins his second? Um, what does that do for his uh, football fans? Uh, I'd love to get your uh, take on the World Cup final, who you got winning and why. I made the call last weekend that the winner of the France-England uh, quarterfinal would win the World Cup. I will have to stick by that, so that means France to beat Argentina in my mind. Um, I'm sure you'd love to hear Grant's thoughts on Kane Williamson standing down as Test captain, Tim Southey getting promoted, uh, but Michael writes on double eight double three. Uh, Daniel and Grant, uh, what are your thoughts on yesterday's announcement that Sky uh, Spark Sport will no longer exist from July 2023? Now, Grant, um, you're involved with Spark Sport. I have been far less to degree o- over the time. My heart goes out to those um, who make a livelihood uh, from it, who have found out this pretty, you know, huge news just prior to Christmas. I'm sure they're uh, shell shocked. Um, these words probably won't do anything for them, but. Uh, I really do feel for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough time to make an announcement like that for, for some people that it's going to affect in a big way. Um, but I think what I will say is having worked with Spark Sport, I think that there was a lot of different technology used, like tried to trailblaze the world of streaming at a time that maybe we'll look back at it and go, well, you know, Spark was on the right track. Um, it's just, it's sad because I think, we tried to do something different in the way that we commentated the game, the way we try to actually bring characters back into the game, um, get a little bit closer to the players. I think there was a big sort of player, a broadcaster sort of split in a way. But, um, you know, having Brendan McCullum and Stephen Fleming, current players that have played with a lot of those guys on the field, I think that that brought um, us closer to those players. And we got more, more out of the players, which was great. You got a bit of rain this year too, haven't you? Yeah, we did no, get a little luck. bit of rain. Yeah, that was tough. But, um, you know, from July 2023, I think looking forward, it can't be a bad thing having cricket free to air. Well, New Zealand cricket are the biggest winner of this. They get paid, as they would have, and now they get far greater exposure. You heard the the strangeness from from David White talking about, you know, this is great that it's uh, no longer behind a paywall after New Zealand cricket, for which he's been you know running for a number of years, have put it behind a paywall. So... I understand you need to make money to keep players satisfied, to keep them in the game. But now you get exposure of free to wear, what, some 300-odd games, four days of cricket or something like that, I think. Yeah, and, and you think... Extraordinary chance to get great exposure. Um, and an oddity, because free to wear sport, free to wear and sport, I should say, just haven't been joined at the hip very often in no. this generation. And I've said it a number of times on the shows that I wish that um, all mainstream sports in New Zealand were actually free to air because I want to promote it to, to children, to the generation, because there's a lot of kids falling out of love of the game of sport or game of uh, any sport that we've got in New Zealand, and especially our mainstream sports are cricket and rugby. 
so hopefully this will promote you know the game a lot more and those kids to to find a love of the game we've spoken about our emotional uh, connection with the sport which is probably test cricket with us growing up but a lot of these kids will have an emotional connection to um, the, the white ball game um, and now with test cricket free to air um, it's a fantastic opportunity for for cricket to grow um, I just yeah I mean it's sad with spark sport because I think you know the technology that was going to be used in the six years that they banked on on having cricket there were some exciting things in the pipeline it's just not meant to be so um, exciting to see what will be made of the game of cricket in the future mm, indeed uh, speaking of the future and cricket uh, there is a new dawn uh, for the Black Caps, love to get the uh, verdict uh, and instant reaction from our listeners on 0800 150 or double eight double three if you want to send a text. As to the news, Kane Williamson steps down as Test captain. Tim Southey takes over. Tom Latham is vice captain, despite being the fill-in Test captain over a number of Test matches when Williamson uh, has been away, uh, generally due to that problematic uh, elbow injury of his, of course. Uh, Grant, how did you feel about that? Were you surprised? I was in the sense I thought maybe one of the white ball forms. I, I, we see this often that post the T20 World Cup is probably the perfect time to actually change something. I thought the T20 um, game he might relinquish. Eye on the, the one-day World Cup, of course, uh, next year. Um, and maybe relinquish that um, post it. I, I didn't really consider him handing over the reins of the test side, considering how successful he has been. And you, I cannot state this... No, he is by m- miles the most successful New Zealand Test captain, if you're looking plainly at results. Yeah, or well, not only results, but you look at his own results. So I think there's a number of players, and I think Virat Kohli would be a classic example of someone who struggled to mix his own game with captaincy, whereas Kane Williamson, he averaged 57 in tests as captain. But also, he's got the best test record by 20% wins. I think that's about right, isn't it? Isn't he 55%? Brendan McCullum and Stephen yeah, Fleming around 55. He won 55% of the 40 tests he was in charge of. He won yeah. 22 of those 40 tests. Next best. Here to take a guess? Uh, Stephen Fleming. No. Tom Latham. Tom Latham. Won well, four of nine. So that tells me they've got a very good side. Yeah, leadership. Yeah. Breadth of leadership. So going back to your question, though, with Tim Southey, I was surprised that it was Tim Southey. I was surprised that it was uh, Cummins from Australia. The reason being is because bowlers, well, bowlers do tend to get injured, but also bowlers need to have a bit of rest as well. So, so, so a bowler can't be a captain in your mind? He can be a captain. We've had Sean Pollock as captain. but You bowling racist, you? <laughs> it, it's tough, though. You, you bowling 25 overs in a day, you have to still concentrate on the game. That's a lot of workload for you as a, as a player. So I was quite surprised that it was Southie. I'm not saying that he's not the man for the job. I think he'd do a great job. But it was quite strange that Tom Latham was always the stand-in captain when Kane Williamson wasn't captain. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and that is a really interesting point. Um, although I, I look at um, Tom Latham's production with the bat as a captain, averaging just 31, maybe they've just said, you know, plus the function of Tim Southie's age. Mm. He's not going to hold this job for seven, eight years. How long did Williamson have it for? Six about six, seven years? Yeah. He's not going to be captain for six or seven years, Tim Southey. Maybe Latham comes back in. Maybe they just want him to get back to doing his number one job, which is uh, scoring runs at the top of the order. But it is an oddity, isn't it? Harry Cave in the 50s did it. Uh, Dion Nash, everyone forgets Dion Nash, captain of the New Zealand cricket side, did three tests in the late 90s. Yeah. And I... Tim Southey, and that's about it. So can bowlers, listeners, um, 
be a test captain as far as you're concerned. 0800 150 811 We'll get more of uh, Grant's thoughts a little bit later in the segment um, in association with BGG Rights and uh, Turf as we uh, talk some uh, uh, issues of uh, the cricketing world. But love to get your thoughts on the Football World Cup final. Who wins and why? Chris Wright's Messi could end the week with the golden boot, golden ball and World Cup trophy. Would love to see him win the World Cup, but will be a tough game. Thank you, Chris. Love to get our football fans or sports fans' thoughts on that. Of course, we've got full commentary of the final 4am on Monday morning and the changes in New Zealand cricket. Uh, now is your time to join the show. Back after this break, 0800 150 or text double eight double three. 21 minutes after 10 o'clock, our number is 0800-150-811. couple of messages. Jamie writes, you forgot to mention Vittori. Even though he was a spinner, he was still a bowling captain. Yes, but he's not a fast bowling captain. There's a difference. Spin bowlers stay on the park for a long time. You're a, you're a fast bowling racist. Yeah, uh, I am when it comes Dis- to captaincy. Discri- discrimination. I love Timmy. Um, I love him. But, uh, yeah, as a bowler, you just hope that they stay on the park. Ron from Westport, great move from Kane. Look at the success Joe Root has had with the bats and stepping down as captain. Thought Latham would take the reins, though. You're not alone there, Ron. You're not alone. Uh, because he's, he's actually captain over nine test matches. Yeah. That's, that's not an insignificant number. I just wonder, are we in swinging both ways now? Or? No. No, not yet. Um, well, it will be a talking point. But I, I do wonder, they're talking about split coaching. Uh, between the formats. Mm. And I think that this is an opportunity for them to potentially split the captaincy, but I think that Payne should have stayed as test captain. Interesting. Wind it up, Ben. Wind up this music. Magnificent. You know why, Grant? You know the song? I've heard it before. I don't yeah. know the name. This is The Day by Da Da. Da Da. Da Da. One of the great band names of all time, Da Da. Great song. This is The Day, Grant. This is the day. Do you know what I'm talking about, Grant? This is the day. Tell me. Today is a very, very special day here on SCNZ, and a special day for the Saturday session. Grant Elliott is a world record holder. You would probably know this because he tells us about it all the bloody time. I don't. Every week, isn't it, Ben? Every week he's mentioning I'm a world record holder. I'm he actually misses me every holder, day telling me. Yeah. I'm actually a double world record holder. Oh, really? What, lowest test batting average? No. Um, I have a world record for the highest 11th wicket or 10th wicket partnership, sorry, in T20 cricket. Wow. Again, well, with whom? Zulfika Baba. Wow. From, in, right. the PSL. in the PSL. It's 42. Was it the drop? Did you drop the bat? No, it wasn't that it, game. Wasn't that game? No. We got 42. New Zealand cricket fans probably could be forgiven for getting... Or forgetting that one. Or not knowing that one. Because, heck, I follow a lot of cricket. I've never heard that one before. Good on you for not bragging about that one. No, well, I don't, I don't think it'll be beaten. The world record, of course, I'm talking about is 2015, when, thanks to Luke Ronke, really. Oh, he batted magnificently. He did. Okay. He carries you through to a world record. World record stand for the sixth wicket. Sixth wicket partnership, 260. Oh, incredible stuff. You got 100, he got... Uh, 160, didn't he? I edged my way to 100, <laughs> and Luke Ronke pumped his way to 160 of 90 rocks. Well, it's time for Grant Elliott to step out of that huge shadow that Luke Ronke has cast over you. He's carried you to a world record. We have a world record attempt live on the broadcast later today. You going to hear that? Did you hear that, Ben? That's the, that's the thudding of New Balance cricket gloves. Grant Elliott is in the mode. 
Should I elaborate? Yeah, elaborate. What world record attempt are you making today, Grant? Well, I think it was two or three weeks ago, Ben Francis said, here are the strange world records that have been achieved this year. And one of them was, we really focused on it. It was the world record typing of the alphabet with cricket clubs. And we're like, I think I made the comment. I said, that can't be that difficult. <laughs> and it was 8.56 seconds. Anyway, I tried the alphabet that day without gloves. I think I got eight seconds. Yep. Um, and then post that, I had to quickly just drive down to Rebel Sport. Yeah, because he was told all week to bring cricket gloves. And guess what? The guy who's probably got a thousand cricket gloves at home completely forgot the goldfish did. So I quickly drove down to Rebel Sport and I purchased a beautiful set of New Balance Thank you, Rebel Sport. Look forward to your sponsorship of the program next year. <laughs> and uh, I have attempted it a number of times just to do a little bit of training. I'm glad you actually uh, went with your sponsor's products. You're still wearing New Balance gloves. Well, hopefully New Balance. Choice of champions. Yeah. <laughs> we look forward to New Balance sponsoring the show next year after they become um, you know, part of a world record. I can, can we say unofficially? Yeah, tell them unofficially. Unofficially. Grant has actually been training furiously in the last couple of hours. And unofficially, Ben Francis has broken the world record on multiple occasions. This is all unofficial. Has any, so, he's got a bit of sandpaper under those gloves, though, doesn't he? Well, that won't help with the keyboard. Get some stuff. I was on trying the to swing a ball, play for the, uh, the 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 Adelaide Strikers, maybe. Um, but no, there's no. Uh, I, well, I guess we we can film it, can't we, Daniel? We could film it on our cameras on our studio cameras so it's all you about can be board. there with a stopwatch yeah i'll be there with a stopwatch they can review the video I'll, I'll record it from behind you too so we've got multiple angles how many, uh, surely i get three attempts so i have gone wrong with the alphabet every now and then i've sort of missed a, a b or well i'm i'm i i don't think you're allowed only one crack at things no. can we get the guinness book of world records on the line we'll just send them the video then they won't need to ratify it will they ben they won't need to ratify it. We just send them the video. Look, make Grant Elliott a world record holder by himself. Free him from the shackles of Ronke. I, I think some of our listeners could beat my record today as well. And I wouldn't mind seeing their videos. Really? Yeah. So, so you want the listeners to go home, film their own attempts to, to just type out the alphabet with cricket gloves on to beat your time? I mean, this You're that confident you're going to break the world record? Well, I've just done it three times, haven't I? Yeah, <laughs> Unofficially. Unofficially. <laughs> I've got to get down on it. It's like, you know, when someone's accused of a crime, you've got to say allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly, Grant Elliott has broken the world record unofficially. What did we discuss on the last show where there was a, someone someone cheated to get themselves into the Olympics? Yeah. Just gave a false time. Yeah. This is not one of those. One of our dear friends out of a European country in athletics. Yes. Long jump, wasn't it? Yeah. It just changed, changed his distance. And then made it to the Olympics. Got to the Olympics. Uh, brilliant stuff. So that is to come later in the program. World record attempt. Grant Elliott. Number three. It's going to be his third world record. And probably the sweetest? This could be one of my sweetest. It <laughs> could cricket, be one a, of my sweetest. A cricket, a cricket world record as well. Wearing the cricket gloves. Mixing in technology with cricket. Fair enough. Uh, Cameron writes, Hi, Daniel and Grant. Is naming Tim Southey a ploy to keep him secured in his contract? question mark to avoid a Trent Bolt situation hmm, interesting as he is he isn't in demand as much as Bolt was on the T20 circuit even though he's been really good in T20 cricket for the last few years for New Zealand rising to the top of the world rankings isn't he 
leading all-time wicket-taker in international T20 cricket, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, th- I think you would, you'd get a captain's bonus. But also, I think maybe it's a smart move from Southie in that, you know, you look at the... No, but I think, I think they're asking New Zealand cricket have kept him from going down the path of the Trent Bolt. Yeah, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm unaware if there's as many options as Trent Bolt had. I think, I think it's a smart move from Southie. I don't think so much from New Zealand cricket because I think this might give him longevity in his career. You look at Anderson. Anderson's still going. I sent um, our group, Ben Francis and you, the, the ball of, ball of the, uh, the year from James Anderson uh, to Mohamed Rizwan. Yeah, if it was bowled by an Australian, it would be the ball of the century. Oh, it would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, you know, he, he's unbelievable the way he keeps going. And there's no reason why Southie, being test captain, can't keep going for a couple more years because he's got a lot of overs in his legs. Well, hold those thoughts. You'd love to get, um, you know, to drill a little bit deeper on uh, these uh, topics coming up after the break. Uh, swinging both ways as we talk uh, cricket with PGG Wrightson. PGG Wrightson Turf Keith suppliers of New Zealand Cricket Grounds. Uh, get your thoughts, questions in. Uh, double eight, double three, probably the best way now is uh, Grant will dig a little bit deeper. I'd love to get uh, um, your two cents uh, on the temper bedpost at Text Machine. Uh, back after this uh, short break, it's just shy of half past ten. Every ad break, one of us sings badly. Yes. Are we on? Oh, we are on. Saturday morning. Is that is that you in the background? Did you sing that, Ben Francis? So good. I love that, when you play a good song. Uh, uh, unfortunately, yesterday we had our SENZ bloopers uh, 2022 show on Afternoons with Staffy. Unfortunately, this was done a day late, so I think I've already got an early submission for next year's show. Did we make that show? Uh... I but I sent through Grant's f bomb. I don't know if that made it because I only heard some of it. But your guys' chili eating did. Oh, we did. I thought we were the poor sort of cousin. How's that of, a blooper? Yeah. Well, I we think smashed it, those chili. I think it, it was more. It was more funny because of your guys' reaction and like Daniel. Like I think you took you were like oh this is fine and then you took a massive bite out of it and then you were like it's a dinner one o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I got. What's the word hubris? I got quite carried away with my ability to eat that chilli. I did. Oh, dear. Oh, it's getting hot just remembering it. Uh, Jason writes on double eight double three Timber Bed Post Text Machine, Daniel and Grant, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh. Thank you, Jason. Yes, uh, Jason. It's been great having uh, your contributions over the, over the year. Uh, to all our listeners, we would uh, love to hear more from you. Um, 10-11 is always a good chance to chat. Don't be shy. We won't bite. Unless you ask. 0800 150 811 or Texas 8833. But it is time for Swinging Both Ways, our little cricketing segment in association with PGG Rights and Turf, premium suppliers of turf seed and maintenance products to cricket grounds across New Zealand. Uh, at the top of the program, we uh, got uh, the thoughts of uh, Grant as far as the test captaincy for the upcoming series um, in Pakistan. I want to start in Pakistan. England, Pakistan, what an incredible test series they have um, you know, given us. I think in our sporting tips should run a mile from, I said Pakistan would win the second test when they were paying a dollar fifty seven on that day. Mm. Um, guess what? The next session, they crumbled in their first innings. Um, uh, and then there was a, a, a wonderful run chase. Not often do you see the fourth uh, innings of a match see the highest total, but still not enough, but really dramatic stuff. Oh, it was dramatic stuff. But I think there, there was also um, a catch that was really disputed. Um, and that was, um, you know... Which I think Pakistan said that it was grassed, and unfortunately it was uh, given out. But 
England won that test match by 27 runs. It was dramatic. The thing is, to win in the subcontinent, you have to play unbelievable cricket. I don't think maybe the listeners understand or those people watching it how foreign the conditions are. The fact that England got the ball to reverse swing um, was a, a massive bonus because normally it's Pakistan that get the, the ball to reverse swing. But having Mark Wood, who we've spoken a lot about this year, and we've watched him firsthand you know, in the T20 World Cup, the pace that he bowls at, um, unbelievable that uh, you know the likes of him, James Anderson, um, and even Ollie Robinson, it was more the seamers that did the damage on a, a turning pitch. And you had uh, reverse swing, which is going to be huge. So to beat Pakistan in Pakistan, Pakistan, it's almost foreign conditions for them in a way. You need Jack Leach's head. His head. When Joe Root was rubbing, oh, yeah. the, rubbing the ball on Leach's head. Yeah, you do need that. Yeah. Yeah, with a sweat. Can you do it, that? Well, you're not allowed to you use saliva anymore. You can't use saliva, but you can use sweat. What about the pits? Just get it under the pits. <laughs> We'll get, we'll, we'll get you after your world record attempt. Oh. You'll be nervous a, a little bit later. So, uh, well done, England. Um, there was there was quite an act of alpha maleness uh, after that game, wasn't there, Grant? Yeah, so I just saw it emerge. Um, and, of course, there's another test to go uh, between these two teams. But uh, England won the first one by 74 runs and then by 26 in the, the second test. And after the, um, after the test match, it looked like Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, both Kiwi alphas, Headed to the middle for a six-hitting competition. Wow! Paul Collingwood was throwing the ball. Who twelve-year-olds? How? How <laughs> far, Who could hit the ball furthest That's with brilliant. all the team lined up behind them? It That's fantastic. So good. Yeah. <laughs> who won? Uh, Brendan McCallum. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Jack hit the ball. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, of course, more international cricket. It's Australia up against South Africa. Uh, that starts later today. But New Zealand uh, head to Pakistan. A full commentary of the Test and One Day series right here on SCNZ. Boxing Day. It has been moved up one day, a Boxing Day test. Uh, I think it clashes with uh, local elections in Karachi, so they've uh, just augmented the series. Uh, we'll have full coverage. We'll get Grant Swartz on the squad that has been announced. Donald, though, as we go to the lines on 0800 150 Donald, welcome to the show. Happy Christmas and all that. Happy Christmas, Donald. And you too, matey. Uh, you'll probably know uh, Grant will know me as Zach. Ah, <laughs> oh, good day. Yeah, from the old Ooh. days, uh, the nicknames. Now, I've got a quick joke about two old fellas called Daniel and Grant playing golf. You know, it was a windy day, and Daniel was out there, and he tees off the wind behind him. Went miles. Yeah, it would. It would. Yeah, and he turns around to Grant and says, Grant, my eyesight's not as good as it used to be. You didn't see where that went, did you? And Grant says, yeah, I did, but I can't remember. (laughs) Well, that's quite apt, because... Grant's got a memory like a goldfish. That is apt, Donald. Yeah. Zach. And I do hit a massive ball, <laughs> especially on the back of a Wellington northerly or southerly. Uh, Zach, are you from a Marist? Are you Marist Cricket Club? No, I used to play for New Brighton Cricket Club and Lancaster Park Cricket Club. Oh, my word. We had some real tussles against New Brighton. I remember when you had the, uh, the change rooms, there was just a curtain between the two teams. There was a lot of nice words spoken at the... At the halfway mark between those two teams, very competitive. Now, funny, um, it burnt down about or eight years ago, maybe ten, and there was a whole lot of photos down. on the wall. And the only photo that was left of was, was the team that I was in, our winning team. <laughs> Donald, you're my prime suspect. <laughs> Where were you eight years ago on said day? <laughs> I, 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 we need an inquiry. Hey, Donald, in a word, 
Yay or nay, you fought him south as his captain? Uh, nay. Why not? Are you like uh, Mark? You discriminate against fast bowlers? Uh, no, not so much that. He's not going to be around long enough. He's only going to be hanging around a few years, and I think he'll follow Trent Bolt. Well, well Donald, look at... Um, I mentioned James Anderson. Look at him. So James Anderson and uh, Stuart Ford. It's an Ford. outlier, Grant. It may be an outlier, but they were... They were ta- white ball cricket was taken away from them. Concentrate on test cricket, and look at their careers. Lasted a lot longer than it should have. Yeah. They're a whole yeah. heap more yeah. test cricket, England, don't they? Yeah. yeah and they stood saying four that, years I young, and... Yeah, carry on, Donald. Yeah, no, in saying that, I think, Tim, I don't know what he's got regarding family-wise, because I know Trent went away because of his family, wanted to spend time with them, but I don't know what... Come um, on, Donald! Come on, Donald! Really? Really? Yeah, well, the family what, had nothing yeah, to do I, with the fat checks oh, he gets not. to cut because he's an exceptional cricketer and deserves every penny that's coming his way. Yeah, but how much do you need? Well, maybe maybe if he cut back instead of getting a, a fifty-acre farm, maybe if he cut down to an acre. <laughs> wouldn't need so much. <laughs> the pyromaniac now taking taking money. Uh, thanks, Donald. Appreciate your thoughts. Um, 0800-1508-11 or text double eight double three. Grant, uh, what did you make of the squad? Yeah, um, I think uh, eight probably... bats. Sorry, eight batsmen, seven bowlers. I think's the split, and I'll include Blundell and the eight batsmen. Well, the forgotten man of New Zealand cricket is AJ's Patel. Everyone forgot about his 10-wicket haul. I think he's been nominated for a Halberg, um, and rightfully so. So AJ's Patel comes back into the squad. You immediately look at spin, and you go, okay, well, what sort of spin will we have? Because England, um, you know, they had Leach as their frontline spinner, um, and then they used a few batters. Um, I guess looking at it and seeing Michael Bracewell there, Will he get another opportunity because he played some tests in um, in England as that all-rounding uh, all-rounder position? But Ish Sodi back into the test squad along with Glenn Phillips, I think, and and Blair Tickner are probably your surprise outside of I guess the mainstream players. So I think we've got a nicely balanced team. Um, I think the the key will be reverse swing. So you look at Neil Wagner, uh, who's there to bowl reverse swing. Tim Southey, maybe not so much. Uh, but Neil Wagner, if he can get the ball to reverse, I think we're a little bit light on um, on seam there. So Matt Henry, Tim Southey, Blair Tickner and Neil Wagner make up the seam bowlers. And you can get seaming conditions, seam and swing. You can get seam and swing conditions in Pakistan. I don't, pitches don't break up as much as in India. No, and it'll be fascinating to see the pitches that they produce after this England series. Because remember, there hasn't been a lot of test cricket in, in Pakistan. So the fact that they're going to be playing three tests will give them a, a, a huge advantage, not only their players who have played most of their tests in Dubai uh, and now are being a, accustomed to their own conditions, which is why it's so difficult to win overseas and especially in subcontinent conditions. So it, the conditions will make up a, a lot of this test. Interesting to see how they start off, whether they are going to be seeming conditions. Uh, but I'd say that Pakistan have got the upper hand because this has been a tough test series for them against England, a really tough one. And normally what you, you get is a team that comes out of a tough test series. They play some uh, unbelievable cricket. So if New Zealand think they're going to go there and do what England did, England have um, have done some amazing stuff because they've been so aggressive. Can we play that same aggressive brand? I'm not too sure. Um, but I think that we, we always do punch 
pretty smart in test cricket. But to beat Pakistan in Pakistan is not going to be easy. Uh, I'd normally ask you to whittle down a squad to a playing lineup for the first test. I'm going to ask you. How about um, I give you a a playing 11, you pick holes in it? I like it. Okay. Latham, Young, Williamson, Conway, Mitchell, Blundell, Bracewell, Sodi, Southey, Wagner, Patel. Yeah, I do think that you are a seamer short there. I think it's gutsy going in with just the two seamers. Mitchell. Um, Yeah, Daryl Mitchell. A holding role. Um, I I do like the fact that you've been. It's dependent on the pitcher, Daniel. If you've got a pitch that you know is going to take turn and it's going to break up, then you're definitely playing Patel and Sodi. Um, I think Brace will plays. I, I think I think he's Brace your all rounder. I think he will play at seven. He's your bowling all rounder because so it's I, either it's either Sodi, yeah, or a, or another quick or a Blair Tickner or a Henry, yeah. So it's probably be Henry that will get the nod. You go Henry Southey Wagner. Um, and what we haven't seen in Test cricket is Neil Wagner, the ability to bowl reverse swing. Honestly, Neil Wagner, when we played domestic cricket, and I don't know if you ever saw it at the Basin, but I definitely saw it in Queenstown when he got the five wickets for one run or whatever it was in spell. Even shaving the ball back into the right-handers. Yeah. With the newer ball seems to, seems to have really come into his, his armory. Yeah, so he's, he's got the ability to do that now, but it'll be fascinating to see if he's got the ability to get that, find that reverse swing that he got in domestic cricket because it was unplayable. It went so late. Come around the wicket to right-handers, he'd spear it in at leg stump and it ended up taking off stump out the ground. So we haven't seen that from him in international cricket, and I'd love to see the sort of form that he's in. Okay, so you're giving me there. There is a chance that is the eleven, but the only question mark is a third quick at the expense of Ish Sodi. Uh, that is uh, swinging both ways with PGG Rights and Turf, key suppliers of New Zealand cricket grounds. It is 14 minutes away from eleven. Uh, the Ocho is up next. Sacks, give me the sacks. Give me some sacks. Give me some sacks. Grant, you're very good at playing sacks. You're very good at playing sacks. Tweaking your tweeters, spanking your speakers. Saturday session. What a banger that is. Saturday session, it is nine minutes away from 11 o'clock. Time for the Ot Show, the quirky and bizarre sporting stories you may have missed but you absolutely need to know about. A fight at a Bruins-Coyotes NHL game turned ugly. Full stop, end of story. A fight in the NHL. No surprise there. It turned ugly when one fan bit the tip off another fan's finger. Oh. What's going on? Gee. The brawl between six fans took place in the crowd at, would you believe this name of the arena? Mullet Arena in Arizona. The Munnet. That's incredible. Filled with bogans, biting each other's fingers off. Uh, Stephen Rocker was transported to the local hospital after the tip of his index finger was bitten completely off. Arizona State University Police told Boston.com. The biter was identified as Mr. Schantz, who was arrested for aggravated assault, while Rocker and four others uh, were issued citations for disorderly behavior. Well, you know what? That wasn't the only thing I saw in the NHL. I saw a video footage of a fan sort of running onto the ice rink and then... To get a finger. One, are they called referees or referees? The ones oh. on skates with the black and white... Are they refs? Anyway, he or skated... Umpires. umpires. He skated behind him and just cleaned him out 
like a um, ice hockey player does. And this guy, I don't know how good a state he was in, but yeah, it was a good hit. It was a really good hit. Uh, what have I got though? I've got that Gareth Bale. We all know how much he loves a game of golf, but we didn't realize how much until this. Bale has opened up a golf-themed bar, um, which was more a strip club than clubhouse. <coughs> the golf-loving nut is opening up a new chapter in his life following Wales' World Cup exit as he launched his establishment. The Welshman has opened Par 59 in Bristol, the second of his chain, but it might have to be changed to Par 69, going by what customers have thought of the venue so far, which even has a crazy golf-style eatery called the the whole of... Say it, mate. The glory hole. You're so worried about offending people. I, That's well, not an offensive glory hole. Yeah. Parents, good luck explaining that one to your kids listening to the radio right So, I don't understand this. I mean, you know, he's opened Daddy, up... Daddy, what theme, does glory hole mean? So, it's a theme bar or it is a, um, a golf range that is a strip <laughs> joint. Is it... Has he doubled up yet? Oh, look. Wow. Now I know why we played... A George Michael song. <laughs> he didn't fire any shots at the World Cup, but he's firing dollar dollar bills. He's firing dollar dollar bills. I'm not sure. I'm going to go to this bar. I don't think I can go. Oh. Give me some sex. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. All right. Moral of the story is don't bite people's fingers off if you're having a fight this Christmas. And the moral okay? of the story for me is make sure I read what I'm going to actually read before I read it Ron. so that I'm not stitched up. I'll say, like, why don't I read Ron the first Burgundy. one? God, you really this Because he never reads it. He never reads it. Well, I do sometimes. You don't. You, you stitched me up because you went, we're going to the Ot Show, we're going to the Ot Show. And I was no, like, oh, I no. I stitch you up really? there because we go to the Ot Show this time every week. Yeah, okay. Don't worry. I and felt like it was a stitch all the up. hard work finding the bizarre, quirky stories we must know about. Yeah. And you just, all you have to do is read three paragraphs. I completely, um, yeah, I fell apart during that story because I just felt like it was the biggest stitch up of all time. I apologize to the listeners because... Yeah, I mean, what a story. Gareth Bale, what is he doing? Should not be doing that. Mixing golf, <laughs> strip clubs. <laughs> Glory hole. Unacceptable. You've been told, Gareth. <laughs> uh, this is my first album that I ever bought. Did you? Yeah, Bob Marley your, legend. Did you go to your bedroom and burn some incense? Well, no, I actually, funnily enough, I went to Barbados on an overseas trip when I was 16, 17. It wasn't called Par 59. No, it wasn't. And, um, yeah, we went on this tour, and the first game, listen to this story. I go up ca- captain, and I spin the coin. The coin lands straight in the pitch, like sideways, because it was so muddy. And I thought, we're not, well, we're not landed like that. So I went, well, we're not starting on time, surely. Anyway, they painted the lines up. We started on time. I think I was batting five. I had my Walkman in. Walkman in my whites. I was listening to music. I was listening to Bob Marley before I went into bat. Anyway, I 
took the phones out and um, Get the put them in, in my pocket. And then I went into bat, so hit first one, got a single, ran through, and I was like, what's in my pocket? And my Walkman <laughs> was still in my pocket. That's a hand to the umpire. That's so West Indian, isn't it? That's <laughs> so good. Was it yellow? We made the final. Sir Gary Sober's school tournament. We made the final, Kensington Oval. And some big, fast West Indian bowler ripped out my <laughs> off stump for a duck in the final at Kensington Oval. Rained, we shared the trophy. Oh, so you won? Yeah, well, you shared that. trophy. No, it's like the high jumpers that shared the trophy, like, remember? Like the most improved award. Yeah, they or the should. Sp- or as we call it, the Spirit of Cricket Award. Spirit of Cricket. The Spirit of Cricket. Uh, top of the hour time, let's get to the latest in sports headlines. Two minutes after 11, by the way. This will excite you. The Hood, Gianni Infantino, has said a lot in his uh, end of World Cup press conference, including that FIFA will launch a new 32-team Club World Cup starting in 2025. I am wildly uninspired by this. The new Club World Cup concept will initially uh, meant to launch in China in 2021 with 24 teams, but was cancelled due to, I think, a thing called COVID. And now it's set for a further expansion from June 2025. I just don't know how they fit this in. Where they're going to. The calendar is so congested. There's no respite. The English Premier League kicks off on Boxing Day. There's no break for these players. Mm. Well, I mean, Staying with football, though. Several. Oh, Susie's back. And Susie's in Qatar. No such thing. Susie. Susie has moved from South Africa and she has gone <laughs> to the Middle East and she is working at the French Hotel. You've heard it here first on SCNZ. Susie lives. She's found a new job. I'm happy for her. I'm happy for her after, you know, being criticised for all these years by New Zealand <laughs> sporting fans. Not honoured by South African sporting community. She should have. She's got the equivalent of a damehood. Work she should have. Workhorse of the week. Yes, exactly. Susie should be a dame. But she's not. But apparently several French players have caught colds with Rafael Varane and Ibrahim Kanate, the latest to fall ill and miss training. The French Football Federation has confirmed, Grant. Defender Deo Upamakano, love that name, and midfielder Adrian Rabio is Rabio is Rabio, uh, were unavailable for the semi-final win over Morocco because of the illness. Uh, striker Randall uh, Kolomouani, who scored in the semi-final 44 seconds after coming on as a sub, um, said the infected were isolating in their rooms. I'm not sure it's a great idea because there's been some suggestion it's the highly uh, air-conditioned buildings that they're having to hang out in. Mm. It has, um, you know, caused the illness. When we all know it, Susie, well, who's, you know, been hired uh, by Qatari officials. I hope she's not working overtime like uh, the security guards who are getting 35 pence an hour. Oh, wow. For their overtime hours, doing security at the main, at the main park. Wow. Way to go. Way to go to Qatar. And uh, how's this? Sad story. Uh, night four of the FINA World Short Course Swim Championships have been rocked by a false start controversy and subsequent poolside chaos that left an Australian swimming legend fuming in the commentary box and saw a young Aussie star brutally miss out on gold, according to Fox News. Just after the start of the men's 50-metre backstroke final, a second buzzer sounded immediately signalling the start of the race was void. But most of the field swam the entire distance at uh, race pace after appearing not to hear the alert, with five of the eight competitors completing the turn and 50-metre distance. Australian 18-year-old Isaac Cooper was the quickest of the group, finishing 22.49 seconds to break his own junior world record, yet that swim in time counted for nothing. Oh, no. I'm just trying to think what the equivalent is. Well, any other race that has a false start? No. 100-metre 
foot race? In sporting sense. Yeah. It's like kicking a penalty yeah, and like then saying, like disallowed. Race. Sorry, you've got to take it again. That does happen, oh, doesn't like it? A, like a penalty. Yeah. Like for encroachment. Someone, yeah. you know, creeping in yeah. the area behind you. Yeah. Imagine and you've that. nailed it. Yeah. And you've gone top right and you always go top right. And then you have to take it again like Harry Kane. And you, can't, you think, well, I didn't think about taking two penalties today. Where do you go with the next one? Do you go in the same place? You go high over the crossbar and have the ball orbit the earth every 30 minutes. Oh, man. Johnny, the Johnny Wilkinson advert. Yeah, that's come back to haunt him. My, my palms are sweaty, Daniel. Are you nervous? about? I am nervous. Yeah, but... and, our, and our final story in our headlines. Uh, former New Zealand cricketing great Grant Elliott's teammate, Luke Ronke. He's the former cricketing great. Grant Elliott will attempt a world record live here on SENZ later today in roughly about an hour's time. Maybe an hour and 20 minutes. Grant Elliott will attempt to break the world record of 8.5 seconds held by some guy I don't know the name of when he attempts to type out the alphabet wearing cricket gloves. And it must be said at 9.30am. SENZ station manager Bradley says this will be the single greatest bit of radio. On the station this year, which is some achievement because the Saturday session is, by far and away, the greatest radio show on the station. He did not say that, but Margaret did on our text line, double eight double three. Hi, Daniel and Grant. I enjoy the sh- all the shows on SCNZ, but I love yours best. Could it be because I've always loved cricket and you discuss it that quite a lot? But no, I think it's your very individual personalities. And after all, you are Wellingtonians. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Margaret, if I could cuddle you right now, I would. Thank you, Margaret. That means a lot. I've just thought of something, Daniel. I think we need to make a Saturday Sesh t-shirt with you and I on it. And sell it off? No, well, we give it out to listeners. Happy Christmas. I need to pay some bills, mate. Like, I just refix my mortgage. Yeah, well, can we pedal it off on, on your social media with your hundreds of thousands of followers? I think we should. I think they'd go nuts in Pakistan for that, wouldn't they? They would. Christmas, we could call it Christmas in Karachi <laughs> with the Saturday sesh. Because <laughs> you're going to be calling the game. I am. Yeah. Very much looking forward to it. Christmas hats on, photo of us, Saturday sesh, Christmas in Karachi. We have to get the manat in there somehow. Yeah, the manat. Well, he can tower over the top of us. From the manat carrying you two sounds pretty good to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, on each hand, like Atlas, holding up the world. Okay, I'll get onto like, the Photoshop. I'll brilliant. get onto the Photoshop. A uh, couple of other messages, double eight, double three. Keep them uh, rolling through on the Temper Bear Post text machine. Temper Bear Post range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body um, so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Gee, I would love one of those. Uh, boys, if Pat Cummins can make a good skipper of Australia, why can't Timmy Southey make a good skipper of the Black Caps? Well, don't ask the discriminator Grant Elliott. Jason. He doesn't believe Jason, Jason. any fast bowler is capable of captaining his side. Tim Southey's played 88 of 120 test matches New Zealand has played since his debut back in 2008. I uh, never said... How's that for research, eh? I never... Great research, but I never said incapable. I said perfectly capable, but I just said as a bowler... Sometimes you get injured, but also the workload for a bowler is quite tough during a test match because you're bowling up to 50 overs. I'm just excited that, um, you know, talkback callers in 2023 um, to the station will talk about his captaincy and not his batting. Uh, Brendan from Masterton, who we promised to do a show from his kitchen, didn't we, during Bathurst? I think we did. I think it's 
the right guy I'm thinking of. Uh, morning, gents. Uh, what an interesting call to uh, to make Tim Southey the test captain, but NZC by NZC. But what is the point of naming a vice captain if the person will never be the full time captain? Mm. No, there, there's a difference between a vice captain and a captain. I think I, I don't know. I think a vice captain nowadays is is just it's a tradition. Why name a vice captain? Just name your captain. Get on with it. Doesn't really matter. And Merry Christmas to you, too. There's a lovely little Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. At the end of that. <laughs> and Stephen writes, guys, I coach the South Auckland boys under 17 club team. Our last game today. Hope you're still listening, Stephen. Go well. Uh, we don't resume until the 18th of February. That is crazy. Boys want to play. Two-month gap. Um, and the boys, cl- uh, boys uh, cricket just plain dumb. Stephen, you're not going to hear me argue that. That does seem a little bit ridiculous. What I will say for junior, for junior cricket is that they've got the uh, River Bend tournament, which is fantastic for young cricketers. But maybe they need to find a um, a more sort of senior-based cricket tournament during that January period because that's great, uh, a, a fantastic cricket tournament. I actually call it River Bender. It's great for the parents as well. Or just get out and um, rip, shit and bust a bit of backyard cricket. Oh, oh yeah, backyard. No one hand, one bounce either. Terrible yeah. rule. Don't don't play that rule. People will be don't getting, play that rule. But people will be getting their gloves out this Christmas. I've, I sense with a keyboard. We we might have to hammer out the the actual um, rules of backyard cricket. What should be the the real rules? You should be able to get a guy a person out first ball. Oh, I've I've said it. Yeah, I've said it. Text anyway, in. Uh, let's uh, get to a break because it is uh, time for our Saturday session legend, the last legend we will involve, be involved with in 2022. We can't wait to speak to the uh, the newly appointed president of New Zealand cricket, but uh, an, an Olympian in hockey and field hockey, 1984, uh, captain of the New Zealand Test uh, women's side, of course, fine broadcaster as well, uh, whether it's uh, commentating cricket on TV or calling way too many Crusaders wins in Super Rugby on radio. Uh, we can't wait to catch up with Leslie Murdoch after this. Quarter past 11, Saturday session, SENZ. Time for our very favourite uh, segment, Saturday session legend time in association with Somerset. I think legendary here, I think Somerset Retirement Villages. Uh, we have had utter joy in catching up with our fine athletes, coaches, administrators over the years, talking about legendary careers, legendary seasons, legendary games. Uh, and we've got an absolute legend joining us here, uh, multi-dimensional, multi-faceted, dual international, extremely fine broadcaster, can't forget that, and now recently appointed president of New Zealand Cricket, Al Presidente. Uh, Leslie Murdoch is kind enough to join us on the programme. Leslie, thanks so much for dropping by. Great to have you on. Morning, Leslie. Well, morning, Two of my favourite cricket people. <laughs> Aren't you nice? I'm blushing. It's true. Hey, we... It's true. I... I don't get much positive feedback on this show, Leslie. So, you know, when oh, I, I do. I can't believe that. I bring that close to my heart and I keep it. Well, Daniel tends to keep me grounded. Grounded. I think. That's a nice way of putting it, Grant. As my wife would say, Leslie, you're way too mean to Grant, Daniel. You're so mean. No. <laughs> no. Just but, you guys, what you do for cricket, because your passion just oozes out of you and the way that you love the game and the way that you're able to articulate that. So, God, it's great listening to you guys. Well, Leslie, I think your passion actually rubbed off on me when we commentated together, and I'll never forget commentating with you, and then all of a sudden, my eardrums started 
almost bleeding when you, uh, you when you shouted a wicket, and it was amazing how loud you got and how passionate you got. You never in the shouted. Commentary box. Well, it wasn't. It was light and shade in Leslie's voice. I think you're fine. She's from the era of no shouting. It, she just oh, understands well, to how yeah. how to go up and go down. And it was well, it was it, so it, animated. I loved it. I wanted I wanted a hat trick to happen just because I would sit and just watch your passion as you stood up and just scream from the top of the rooftop um, of how passionate you were that the white ferns got a wicket. Well, it must have been a meaningful one that had some kind of a direct outcome on a game. Maybe one that they uh, won. But uh, look, thank you. That's very kind. I've just loved being involved. Um, anyway with sport really just because I just love it so much I'm just so deep into it right from a little kid really well tell us about that tell us about Leslie Murdoch the child getting into sport because you know a lot of people know you as a broadcaster and might not recognize what you what you've done on um, sporting fields for New Zealand an Olympian uh, New Zealand women's test captain of course dual international that's a heck of an achievement but right as, as a young top what were you like always chasing a ball hitting a ball well, I was lucky enough, and I say lucky enough, I came from a very large family, and we, when uh, mum and dad, who I just revere so much for what they've been, what they've endured, I guess, in their lives, but looking after all of us, um, we had, we lived in a state house, actually, not very far away from where John Key was brought up, in, in a state housing area in um, Christchurch, and it had a very large backyard, thankfully. And my mother was an absolute stickler for polished floors. So basically when summer came around, the doors were closed. We were locked out and that was it. We were in the backyard and all the neighbourhood kids used to come over. And it was football, really, that started it for me. Um, My father would close the curtains on a Sunday afternoon. Match of the day would come on at one o'clock or two o'clock and we would be ensconced inside despite the weather. And we would be watching the um, English Premier League come over and hopefully if there was the odd game, his beloved Glasgow Rangers playing. And that's where the beginnings of love of sport and then there was the listening to the crackly commentary come over from South Africa with you know rugby tests and the magic of radio. And I think that's where radio sort of ignited a, a, a different kind of passion for me, that it was revering hearing about sport, seeing it, being played, and I guess um, getting into it when I was probably about 10, apart, you know, apart from the backyard stuff, which we played all the time. Now, Leslie, surely, you know, when mum went out and it was raining, I'm just thinking waxed floors, the ball skids on quite nicely. Surely there was a little <laughs> bit of indoor backyard cricket going on. No, no, never. There were a lot of broken windows, which was um, very, oh. very annoying, you know, when you're, you know, you're not haven't got a lot of money to rub together which you know they always seem to do really well but that was probably the bane of her life was another window broken in the um what they then called the wash house we now call the laundry but whatever it was it was fantastic times but I do remember um that when I was 10 getting into hockey and then a little later on I heard about this man called Stan Jelly who was Arch Jelly's brother and Stan was giving some instruction on batting technique down at Melvin Park in Christchurch. And as a 14-year-old, I went down there and learned how to play front foot defence. And that's really how it started for me. Amazing, amazing. I, I, that, that image of you breaking windows, so many of the listeners will resonate, that will resonate with. We've all been through that. 
after breaking the window, did you just run away like I used to? <laughs> Which is so hilarious because we all we all know who the prime suspect is in the yeah, household. Well, but I used to try and I used to try and hide. Like, well, you they won't know it's you me. Didn't, you didn't want. You'd, you wouldn't want the blame to come down on you. I mean, every, we all fronted up. You know, it had to be done. And jeepers, it was just one of those things that you that parents had to put up with in that day. And, and I guess when you look back, what that little period of playing in the backyard, and it was mostly um, young boys, you know, it was they were picking teams. I remember that. You know, you'd always get, I always seemed to be last picked. I hated that. Um, and it made me work a bit harder, I think, when I was older, not to be the last picked. I think it did have a very big bearing on. Wow. I loved. I loved training. I, I really loved to practice, whether it be hockey or cricket. I I loved to go down and just have throwdowns or or have hockey practice, whatever. But I loved that, and and it, I think that deep seated thing, not to be last picked, had a very, yeah, it was very impactful for me. Well, I'm guessing, Leslie, is because you you're probably so competitive as well, and when I I look well, at you know the the women cricketers coming through now, Sophie Devine and uh, Amelia Kerr sort of stand out to me, who actually played in boys' teams, in mixed teams. Um, and now you look at them and they go, you go, wow, world beaters. How important it is, do you think, growing up now, um, having those female stars to look up to for these young girls, which I don't know if you would have had growing up. Well, I, th I think certainly, you know, up to the age of 10, we didn't. Um, once we were into club hockey or club cricket, it was the two sports that I played were administered by women. So Canterbury Women's Hockey Association, Association Canterbury Women's Cricket, they were all women. So from that perspective, unconsciously, probably from my perspective, they were there. And we all played and, and grew up playing club sport with New Zealand representatives may not happen so much these days, but that's what you did. And so you did have, uh, again, you may not have realised, I certainly probably didn't realise it at the time, but you were fronting up to club cricket with the best that our country had. And Canterbury was strong in both hockey and cricket mm. back in the day. So I was really lucky to grow up with that and see how people played. But I think, to be fair, it wasn't till I retired, um, I don't know if I've ever used the R word, but if I finished playing internationally mm. anyway, and that I then wanted to make sure that the sport stood for something, you know, that it, it didn't, we all by then realised that it didn't have the profile that it deserved either hockey or cricket. And um, I, I got in and did some afternoon reports on the local school board show back here in Christchurch, and that's how it happened for me in a burning desire to see um, young women and, and women athletes get a lot more profiles than and they deserve to have it. And then you fall in love with radio. And there's something uh, amazing yeah, about yeah. radio, yeah. the intimacy, yeah. uh, the immediacy. Uh, it's it's a timeless medium in my mind. Well, I'll tell you what, we that um, afternoon school board show, Mike McRoberts had just finished broadcasting school in Christchurch. He anchored it. We had, um, at different times over the couple of years that I was involved while he was down in Christchurch, Daniel Faitawa. Andrew Saddle, yep. all doing reports on different sports. And I was lucky enough to be asked to do, you know, hockey and cricket. And, you know, just little things fell my way. Sir Richard Hadley had a um, program on, on ZB and Saturday mornings called Hadley's Half Hour. And he then went on a tour, I think it was 86, and he may have got his knighthood, I think, that maybe 86, 87. And they asked me to fill in while he was away in England. 
and just little things like that and it just kept feeding the feeding the need if you like um, to keep involved with the sports but look I, I the things probably that I've enjoyed the most is I've done a lot of coaching of um, younger people like 10 11 12 year olds I haven't sort of delved going higher but I've coached a lot of 10 11 12 year olds in hockey and cricket and I've loved doing that trying to get them to love the game because it doesn't matter what happens out of it if you love it then you know even if you get disappointed with not getting in teams or whatever your love for the sport is still there does that make sense yeah, it does. It really does. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's, a com- that's a real common thread with uh, every legend we've spoken to throughout this, yeah. is, is a genuine passion, a genuine love for, for the game. That might have waned from time to time, but, you know, underneath <laughs> it all, it was always sort of, was always sort of present, uh, present, even though you go through ups and downs, uh, highs and lows. The one thing I will say about your, your broadcasting career, Leslie, I heard you call way too many Super Rugby finals. Oh, I was going to say oh, about right. that. that, that way, way too yeah. many, Leslie. Yeah. Way too many. Well, you'll be, one, happy, way now, too many. <laughs> you'll be happy with Wellington with their NPC and, and their Ramsey Shield. What a, what a season for them, eh? Oh, look. Always playing to the audience brilliantly, Leslie Murdoch. What an absolute champion. <laughs> you are right. I'd completely forgotten with the home of uh, the NPC and Ramsey Shield. I've dined out on that. How difficult was it juggling both? sports though at a representative level I'm sure both sports were sort of demanding of your time maybe in the off season come do extras how how difficult was it was there much of an overlap um they, they did they did get to be a bit of an overlap but look it was like going from one to the other um look I remember having to choose in 1984 whether to go on an, a, a tour of England which you know I would have loved to have gone that gone and done that or or try my luck getting into the Olympic hockey team. And so that was probably the only time I think I had to choose between the two. But uh, I was lucky enough because I was a hockey goalkeeper rather than a field hockey player. And I had some coaching from a person who'd been employed by New Zealand hockey as specialist goalkeeper coach, Peter Yongyans. And man, he, he drove us hard. We, tra- we had to train hard. I trained with the guys, Graham Sligo, uh, New Zealand goalkeeper um Morris Marquet another goalkeeper and you know that fitness that we did in the hockey sense really paid big dividends for me in the cricket and you know I think it was easy to go from one to the other I think the biggest probably difficulty was the finance because in those days you had to pay to play for your province and pay to play for your country and it was just finding the money to um feed your passion really that was probably the biggest difficulty yeah, Leslie, let's talk about the, the Olympics. So um, it was in 1884. Um, you finished sixth on the table, but it wasn't a, a, a fruitless uh, tournament. I mean, you played Netherlands in match one. I mean, they're a strong, they're a well, they won, gold. they won gold. You only lost by one goal yeah, there. Two, uh, one. Well, yeah, mo- was, most of the games you were competitive, weren't you, Leslie? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was controversial, that goal that they got too, because it was a penalty corner, and my trusty left back, Mary Clinton, had got the fierce hit from Siki Borhurst. I always remember her. She was the penalty corner striker, mm. and it had hit, struck her above the knee. And that was a no-no in those days, and it was one all up until that last two minutes of the game. And they awarded the goal because it went in off her leg right on the post, and it shouldn't have been a goal. But anyway, it was, and they went on to win the gold medal, the Dutch, as they have on so many occasions. But yes, it was. And it was an interesting time even getting to the Olympics because we had to beat Great Britain to get there because, you know, clearly they play as a, a joint 
home nations in those days. And we went over to the World Cup in 1979, played the World Cup, and then had to play the qualifying match against Great Britain after that World Cup had finished. So it was quite bizarre, really. But, you know, it was a real, a real drama to even get there. Um, of course, we were picked to go in 1980 to Moscow, but as we all know, that the majority of New Zealanders did not partake in that 1980 Olympics because of the invasion of Afghanistan by Russia. I'm sure there was um, some good times off the field at Olympic Games. Um, oh, yes. Say? yes, we can't we can't tell you that though. You know what goes on <laughs> tour stays on tour. Crikey! <laughs> it's hey. You shoot for the stars, you might get the moon, <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> Leslie, I want to talk about that. That's the Olympics. So you're playing hockey in the Olympics, you're an and yet you're, an you're almost beaten. We should have beaten Holland or tied the game if it wasn't for Bronkhorst. Um, and oh, Five years prior to that, you played Test cricket in '79, and then later on, eleven years later, played more Test cricket. But do you remember your first Test? I've got your numbers up here. Yes, I do, vividly. Yes, um, debuted. I Tell think, us about alongside. that. Um, we were playing, gosh, um, I know that I got out LBW on 46, and the only person who appealed was the wicketkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, I but remember. I, I love how strong yeah. your memory is. Yeah, well, that you do remember, because, you know, you was feeling quite good about, you know, your debut test, and you'd got a couple of runs under your belt, and that's how I went out. So he was actually that umpire, and I'm, I think, um, I can't quite remember his name, was it um, Simon Crater went on to be a test umpire. I think that's, right, that's what to... his name was. Yeah. I, I think, here it is. What are the umpires' names? Jay Chapman and AJ Marshall, both Australians, so it would have been oh. a terrible decision. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Had yeah. No yeah, it was a ter- had no chance. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, it was you know I thought it was someone in there in that series. He was there somewhere anyway. But um, yeah, I certainly remember going out in that fashion. And of course, that was an amazing tour because I, that was my debut tour. It was Debbie Hockley's as well. So she got selected as a 15-year-old and played amazing, a test wow. as a 16-year-old, which was phenomenal to see her career unfold. It was no surprise to us in Canterbury that she was in that team um, and and such a prestigious talent that was going to evolve into, you know, world-class as we've now been witness to. Which is so special as well, Leslie. when, uh, you know, you're going to be, uh, I guess, one of a uh, few women that have experienced the test. Do you think that we're going to see many more test cricket uh, games played by the women, by our white ferns? Yeah, well, I know that there's a, a hunger for them to have that. I think, it, you know, we've got, I guess, there's priorities around how you spend your money in, in terms of, you know, personally, I would like to see the money spent getting more players playing the game. I would love to yeah. think that we can get to being a test-playing country, but I think that personally, we've got a lot of work to do. And while you know, I think one of the best things that happened in New Zealand and for world women's cricket this year was when New Zealand cricket announced the same pay, same play on the same day uh, back in July. I think um, that was the best thing that's happened. But I think we've still got you know, off the field, a lot of work to do to get more people, get the depth, get the um, sport going, humming along like we know it can, um, and get our New Zealand team right back up and into number one position. That's that's how I feel about that. 
Aside from the penalty corner, a shocker against the Dutch, the 84 Olympics, is your big sporting regret only playing six tests over 11 years that there, there weren't more? Every single one of your tests was against Australia, which would have been so exhilarating to test yourself against, you know, such a good side. Uh, but, but, but is that the one thing you sort of lament, that you didn't play more? Um, well, I, you know, I probably did have opportunities if I hadn't gone to the Olympics in 84 because there were mm. tests played in England. Um, gosh, I think about that 1972 women's cricket team that went to South Africa and conquered all and even conquered Australia yeah. on the way back. And they were amazing. I mean, that was Judy Dill, Judy McCarthy, Trish McKelvey, um, players of that era. Um, so, look, I, I probably haven't seen that as, as a regret for myself. Um, no, I, I, I honestly can't say that I, 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 you know, I think we've got, we've always had a lot of work to do. Um, and going back to my mother, while we're talking about that, um, she and this woman, Thelma McDonald, who, you know, they, they hadn't played to any great level themselves, but they ensconced themselves, Shirley Cowell's another one, on the Canterbury Women's Cricket Board, uh, making sure that the game survived administratively and that we had, you know, something to look forward to. And Thelma was great with the money and what we had to raise to get there and things mm. like that. And then they also occupied the office of International Women's Cricket Council for two lots of three years, I think it was. So, you know, while we were, while I was, playing my sport you know there were other people around us who were just doing such a great job to keep the game strong and healthy off it before the merger of New Zealand cricket and New Zealand women's cricket in the mid-90s. Leslie explain to me I mean one of the things that fascinates me about our legends is we've spoken about the drive and the passion <sighs> explain to our listeners what it's like to have that drive you obviously had a, a an inbuilt machine that just wanted you to be the absolute best you could possibly be at your sport what was that what was that like and can you explain the drive and motivation the things that did motivate you during your your whole career and the things that motivate you now well I think it, for, for me it was the fact that I was seven out of ten in the um, ranking of the family and you know <laughs> you, you become become a little bit anonymous not in the nicest possible <laughs> way and so you're always striving I guess to reach the, where the others are at. Um, I think that's a very real part of the competitive. And, and I was competitive. I probably wasn't always very nice to play against, to be fair. Um, but I was... <laughs> I like it, that. It, it, it just absolutely drove me, as I said earlier, to not be the last one picked, to not mm. be dropped if I could avoid it. Um, I, I really think that it, that's all part of where I was in the family, and I also, you know, my parents had a lot of tragedy. You know, they lost three children. In fact, yeah. two of them within two years. I had a, a younger sister who had a, um, a very bad heart condition and she lived till she was four and a half. And it meant lots of going up to then Green Lane Hospital and getting um, monitored and then, and then she didn't survive the last operation. And then two years later, my second oldest brother was killed in a car accident. And I just mm, remember... Wow those hard times and mm. how much that galvanized me inside as well. I mean, it's, you know, it was, it was horrible. I saw what it did to my parents and my father, bless his heart, made my mother get into sport administration. And, and really through that tragedy, that's, that's where we've all come from in our family. I think it's instead of, 
Um, it, you know, everybody deals with it in their own way, grief. But I think when I see what Dad did and got my mother joined up with Doc Mowat and they formed the Burnside Women's Hockey Team uh, Club, um, you know, that was the beginning of Mum's sense of purpose. And to see her work hard, and you know, still we were—I was only ten and twelve when that happened. But you know, it's a profound thing to happen in your life, and just to go through those times, it um, it gives you an extra shield, I think, to what your purpose is. Yeah, no one should have to go through that. You and your family had to, but it gives you perspective—a whole new perspective on life. Oh, it does. Yeah, look, and it's not to to, to wallow in it now. Yeah, we. But but that you know that's been a very big part of the drive. Oh, well, Leslie, uh, it's absolutely tragic to hear that sort of stuff, but it, it does give us an insight into, I guess, your drive and perspective and, and passion for sport. Like, how important is sport for, for kids? You know, you talk about what you went through. How important is it to grow sports in New Zealand to make sure that the next generation is playing sports so that it gives them an outlet? Oh, absolutely. Look, it is so critical. And it, and it's the fun. You know, it's the camaraderie. It's the it, And it's for the parents as well on the sideline. I see it with my grandsons. I've got four grandsons, two of which or one, yeah, two of which play um, modified uh, rugby in the wintertime. But just to go down there and, and see them interact with their mates. I mean, when the very first year that they play, you know, they're, they're going around in circles and and saying hello when they're meant to be catching the ball and all that, that doesn't matter. They're just having fun and that sense of being part of a team and who they are. And then is the obvious health benefits as well. But I think there's so much, and I think we saw that after the 2011 earthquakes here, how much sport really knitted the communities together in Christchurch. I think it is a panacea for a lot of things in our life. And being part of a team when you're a small person and, and, and getting good guidance is critical really we just need to find more ways to get them playing yeah well, well Leslie um, we could speak to you for hours um, you have one of the most fascinating journeys um, as a sports person and broadcaster and now um, in in cricket administration as well um, I do need a little bit of uh, motivation and maybe some tips because I'm attempting a world record shortly um, wow. I'm attempting Mm. The, uh, alpha... Oh, it's very important, Leslie. This is a very important world record. Uh, we have already yeah, said yeah. I'm a double world record holder at the moment. Well, Luke so Ronke that... really is. Well, Luke Ronke really has that. World yeah, record. it was a you, part. You, you were just a part. You were just kind of there, weren't you? <laughs> okay, so this this will be a world record just for myself, then, yes, Leslie. Exactly. Let me rephrase that. So I'm going to attempt the alphabet on a keyboard with cricket gloves on, and um, unofficially, <laughs> oh I've already I've already beaten it unofficially four times. Uh, but this will be an official time that we're going to do. Uh, do you have any tips for me? Get those little spiky green batting gloves. Uh, you know, that's what Daniel ones? said, the ones with the yes. open palms. Yes. 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 We went Definitely. to the Cricket Museum and asked for a pair, Leslie, and they said no. They wouldn't let me. So oh. I, I just down to Rebel Sports, and I've got a <laughs> pair of New Balance official cricket See? gloves, so I'm not cheating. Um, and are we going to attempt this thing? A great cricketing mind. Immediately thought of it. Leslie saw saw a chance to to give you a leg up. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Either that or it shows our age, one or the other. (laughs) There's that too. But we'll we'll leave that alone. Leslie, thank you for all you've done, all you will continue to do, and thanks so much for dropping by. I wish you and yours to start the merriest of Christmases and Happy New Year, and I look forward to catching up with you soon, I hope. Thanks so much, Leslie. Thank you, guys. Love chatting. Thank you.
Leslie Murdoch, this weekend's Saturday session legend, dual international Olympian, former his captain, New Zealand women's cricketing side, um, and uh, fine broadcaster. Um, our Saturday session legends with Somerset. Think new friends, new laughs, and a new home. Think Somerset Retirement Villages, somerset.co.nz, uh, 19 away from 12. Quarter to 12, this is the Saturday session. Uh, just a, a message to those in the Waikato listening uh, via, we hope to have been listening via our uh, Hamilton frequency of uh, 9.54am. We have got a few technical issues there. Um, we are on it, we are trying to resolve it, and hopefully that can uh, be resolved uh, as soon as possible. Um, hopefully you picked up the app um, and are listening online. If you haven't already got the, uh, the SCNZ app, I highly recommend it. Um, get amongst it. Uh, so apologies to those in the Hamilton uh, region. We'll try and uh, fix that as uh, soon as possible. Let's update to the Halliburton uh, Johnson Shield, rather, the women's one-day domestic cricket competition. Uh, the Hearts of Auckland are taking on the Magicians of Canterbury. Uh, Leslie Murdoch will be happy to hear the score. Auckland are 51 for the loss of five after 18 overs. So 51 for the loss of five. Uh, Perkins 19 not out, the key for Auckland. Uh, it's just started between the Otago Sparks and the Wellington Blaze. Three balls have been bowled. Rain interrupted. 48 overs aside now. Uh, that game's at uh, the Basin Reserve. The Sparks are five without loss after three balls batting first after the Blaze won the toss and decided to bowl. Uh, the Central Hines also uh, won the toss, decided to bowl in their game against uh, the Northern District side. Uh, Mount Monganui, this one's been played at uh, 19 overs or approaching the end of the 19th over. Uh, Northern District's women uh, 82 for the loss of one with uh, Gurry on 49, not out of just 68 balls at seven fours there. Uh, She's looking in uh, good touch. So 82 for the loss of one against the Central Hines, uh, the Northern District's side. Uh, and still on the 19th over. Uh, it's 13 away from 12. Back after this. Nine minutes away from 12 o'clock. Nine minutes away from the start of our final hour of the year. I'm and nervous. You should be nervous. Patches are developing. <laughs> Grant Elliott's world record attempt, world record attempt, later in the show. A couple of text messages have come through, though. So let's go to the Timber Bedpost text machine. Daniel and Grant, excellent interview with Leslie. Thank you for your Saturday show throughout 2022. Merry Christmas to you all. Regards, Di. Thank you very much, Di. I do appreciate that. It's really kind. Thank you for your um, listenership. That's a word. Yeah. And I'll, I'm glad you enjoyed Leslie. And Merry Christmas, Di. Jamie writes um, in response to a text message uh, talking about the plight of that um, junior side in South Auckland is not playing cricket for another couple of months. Yeah. That's pretty poor, and those boys have to wait two months for their next game. Surely they can play some lower-grade club cricket in the meantime. Well, we do hope we can feed their desire, Jamie, to actually play some cricket. But uh, Grant and, uh, and I suggest you just play some backyard cricket. So what are the key backyard cricketing rules for you, Grant? Mm. Before I get into that, there's a big black hole in uh, in cricket, and that is those kids that are at high school that don't play club cricket, uh, unfortunately, there's no cricket for them. So that's why there's a huge hole during the Christmas period. Key backyard cricket rules, one hand, one bounce. No, really. rubbish rule. You hit it on the house without a bounce because of the broken window where you're running away from. Uh, you don't want broken windows. So if you hit the house on a full, out. Um, electric wickets, so that means that you can get them... Automatic wiki. Well, we called it electric wickets. Electric wickets. Where you can you can run them out either at the bowler or wicketkeeper end, but there's huge dispute in that. Um, five misses and out, so genuine miss, play and miss. What about the notion of you can't, you can't get out first ball? Yeah, I like that. Really? Oh, why not? Oh. 
Why don't we hand out participation certificates too, Grant? Should we? Should you we, want some ruthlessness there? Should we get a backyard cricket team going? Um, you, me, Beave, Izzy. Be a good side. Tip, Kirsty. Never my strength, but tip and run. Got to have tip and run, don't you? No. What? Tip and run. But you want one How hand. How big is this garden? You want one hand, one bounce. One hand, that one bounce. That nonsense is, of a rule. One hand, one bounce is good. Or no, it should be one hand, one bounce, opposite hand. I like that one. Yes, okay, that's I, fine. If I do it's like one that hand, one bounce, it has to be a non-dominant hand. But I think tip and run, that's like, you think, what sort of garden are we playing in? One hand, one bounce is good because you either have to defend the ball and just drop it, or you have to attack it. So it's, you know, you, you can't be in two minds. If you're in two okay. minds, okay. you're gone. So you, you're telling me it encourages attacking cricket? Yes. Okay. I'm, wi- I'm willing, to, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to, to fold on my desire. Tape. You have okay. to tape the tennis ball as well, six so swing. Out. So over the fence, six and out. Yes, six yeah. and out. out. Yeah, and yeah. sledging is encouraged. Yes. Yeah, like, come on. If there's one form of cricket where you should sledge, it's backyard cricket, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. It's not quiet when yeah. the bowler's bowling. Here he comes. <laughs> Here he comes. One-time world record holder. Twice. Soon to be three times. Yeah, soon to be three times world record holder at Grant Elliott. Here's a lovely message from Chris. Chris, I would love to sit down with you and pick your brain about this. When I went to see my first cricket test match at the Basin Reserve way back, I'm thinking the 60s, New Zealand were bowled out before lunch for 26. What? Well, you were there, Chris. Chris is now in Foxton. I'd have to stop in in Foxton on the way. A holiday. Yeah, sounds great. Bring the ham, Chris. No one likes Dan McCarty will be there. We love them. It was 19... Um, it was 1955, and that game actually occurred at Eden Park. So, hey. A little bit of a green one. A green mumba. Seeming both ways. Oh, brilliant stuff. Uh, Fred Dion joins us in the next hour to talk uh, World Cup football final. Who you got, listeners? Double eight, double three. France, Argentina, and why? Let us know. Grant Elliott will indeed attempt a world record. Look to become a three-time world record holder. Why does love do this to me? I don't know. I don't know. Don't look at me like that, Daniel. It's the last hour. I'm trying to fizz you up. I can't look at you. I'm nervous. I can't look at you. When I'm nervous, I get like this. What, you sing uncomfortably? Yeah. must have been a pest in the changing rooms. No, I wasn't. I I, I don't think so. But you'll have to ask some people how well, much of a piece we'll, that was. We'll ring around in the Christmas break. Yeah, final hour of the show for us this year. Uh, we're taking a couple of weeks off. We'll be back. Well, we'll be back on the 7th of Jan. <laughs> when did Grant Elliott return last year? Or the beginning of this year? I think it was March, wasn't it? Whatever. You missed like two months. I didn't. He did, didn't he, ben? I did not. You missed so much of this show. I missed two sessions. You, you, you missed so much. We were able to do a five-minute montage of us taking the mickey out of you with guests and co-hosts that the show had improved because you weren't around. I think what you'll find is that you phoned me and you made a five-minute montage because you missed me so much. And the listeners were begging for me to come back. Who actually had the most Um, time off? Well, Grant. No, it wasn't. I've looked at my numbers and I I don't think I had more than seven days off. Oh, that's definitely most then. (laughs) I've had I've had about two or three. It was a little I've bit had of two. time off because uh, I yeah. needed to get my jab. Um, I was late in doing that because I was like, oh well. Well, the gun show, mate. It was hard for the needles to get in. 
Yeah, you well, broke a few, didn't you? <laughs> snapped off. It's like so, an, it was like an acupuncture day at the acupuncturist. You did. You left for the toilets earlier, and I said, "Oh, 42." And I was looking up some records, tenth uh, wicket partnerships, and I thought that it was 42. And the highest. This is one of your world records. International was 62 for the tenth wicket partnership. Yeah, and I accused you of lying about your second world record. And then now I just worked out it's 63. Okay, so it is so, a record. So the highest T20. Domestic tenth wicket partnership with Grant Elliott and uh, Zulfika Baba, of course, household name. Sixty-three. He was Sixty-three. He batted well that day. <laughs> he, well, he did. He batted unbelievably well. He, he, he carried you too, but like Luke Ronke and your other one, Grant Elliott will attempt a world record later in the show. Uh, final hour of the broadcast. We're going to talk some uh, FIFA World Cup with Fred De Jong in just a moment or two. Uh, we'll have our sporting tips. She should probably run a mile from probably run straight towards. I think we had another decent week last week, uh, did we? But um, let's uh, get to the latest in sports headlines. Boy, we've had a chuckle at the Sydney Thunders expense today. They were dismissed for, this is not this is not a mistake, they were dismissed for 15. The lowest score in men's T20 history. They're all world record holders. All 11 of them, Grant. As they were thrashed by the Adelaide Strikers in the Big Bash last night, chasing just 140 the Thunder were bowled out in just 35 balls with the number 10, Brendan Doggett slash Duggett. Top scoring with four. Five players made ducks, including England T20 World Cup winner and opening batsman Alex Hales. Previous lowest score was held by Goldfish. Do you remember? No. I mentioned it two hours ago. Welcome to our world, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I work with a goldfish. Turkey. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Because the Czech Republic gobbled, gobbled uh, all of their chances and bowled them out for 21 in 2019. Strikers pace bowler uh, Henry Thornton took five for three. Wes Agar, four for six. Um, as they claimed a 124-run victory. Uh, it's a pretty mud, mud day out, uh, fair to say. Really muddy uh, performance. And uh, quickly, before we talk some FIFA World Cup with Fred de Jong, uh, Susie has been re-employed in Qatar at the uh, Team Hotel of France, because several French players have caught colds. We all know what French people are like when they get colds. No, what are they like? Sick. <laughs> uh, with Rafael Varane and Ibrahima Kanate, the latest to fall ill and miss training, according to the French Football Federation. Um, a defender, Dale Upamecano. Love that name. Say it with me, Grant. Dale Upamecano. Dale Upamecano. Nice. Uh, midfielder, Adrian Rabiot. Well, unavailable for the semi-final, of course against Morocco midweek uh, because they were suffering from illness. Strikeout Randall Kolo Mwani uh, says the infected were isolating in their rooms. France host Argentina in the World Cup final, 4 a.m. Monday morning New Zealand time. Full coverage right here on your home of the the FIFA World Cup, Qatar 2022 SENZ. um, I'm happy Susie's found a job. Yeah, we had Been in the wellness for a long time. Susie turned up in Sri Lanka in a test match once, so it is quite smart that they're isolating because the doctor said, oh, no, it's, it's not contagious. Don't worry, fellas. Should have got, right. got a damehood in South Africa. Next, next minute, the whole team went down with it. Uh, it was messy stuff. Susie gets around. Let's welcome in Fred de Jong, former All-White and uh, football commentator, hey. our dear friend, Junga. Goedemorgen, Junga. Merry Christmas. Goedemorgen. 
Frederik Kjærsdagen, iedereen. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, all, you're all prepared for your cheap, miserable Dutch Christmas Eve where you basically give coal. Oh, no, yeah, you would have already had Sinterklaas, Fred. Yeah. Did you get coal or did you get lollies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't, uh, although, although these days you can't have your Swarta Pete running around. So, uh, no, sort of no, ooh, ooh, no. Culturally no. insensitive. Yeah, not happening. Yeah. Not, yeah, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Anymore, exactly, yeah. man, exactly. Nah, well, mate. Looking forward to the biggest day in football for every four years, though. Should be a cracker. A billion plus people expected to watch this live. That is just bonkers. Over a billion people worldwide expected to watch. Fred, let's talk about the tournament before we break down the final itself. Uh, solely on the field. Off the field, there's been lots of issues, of course. But on the park, between the lines, how do you judge this tournament? I think it's been uh, it's been really good, actually. I think uh, what the group stages did um, and the drama around the last round of group play, I think was um, was exceptional. You know, where you had at some points, you know, like uh, as an example, Spain and Germany going out to Costa Rica and Japan at one point in that, in that game, yeah. um, in, those, in those games. It was just mental, you know, and every, it just seemed that like every group, there was some permutations happening um, in those final games that, um, that I think, yeah, made it, it. It just shows how how football, I think, is getting closer. Um, the the teams are, are catching up, um, and the quality of the play is um, is really making it um, more and more exciting. Um, and that's why I think the you know looking looking forward, that's why this decision to go to forty eight teams is is bonkers um, in in twenty twenty six. But um, yeah, across the board, I think you know, a lot of good upsets as well. Um, Japan, Costa Rica, Tunisia beating France, you know, um, Morocco, of course, going as far as they did. Um, so I think that always adds a, a, a new element to the World Cup. Um, so all in all, um, yeah, when you say, if you put aside all the stuff outside the, the white lines, um, the stuff inside the white lines has been very, very good. If there is a sport that could go to 48, it is football, and this World Cup kind of uh, exemplifies that. Um, but I take your point. Let's do some simple maths. 48 divided by 4 is 12, right, Fred? I'm, 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 I'm good at that. I'm right You're, on the, you're on the money so far, right. mate. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. with you so, here. <laughs> okay, how do we get 32 teams from there? I have no freaking idea. I have no idea what they're going to do. So the top two in 12 pools, Grant. So 12 times 2 is how many, Grant? 24. Well done. Okay, so 32 minus 24 is 8. So we're going to find eight third-place teams. That's all right. No, it's not all you're right, also adding in, It's confusing. Adding in another, uh, you're also adding in another round of knockout there because normally it goes 32-16. So, so you've got another – so now you're adding another three or four days to the tournament. Oh, I love an extra either. round of knockout. I like extra you know, knockout so. games, actually. I don't mind it. I don't mind you know, another round of jeopardy. You know, you you your Dutch will get knocked out in a penalty shootout a week earlier. So you know, be be positive. That was the biggest call of the World Cup when Ben Gaal goes, "Yeah, if we go to penalties, we'll win." Oh, for God's sake, man! We've lost five out of the last six. <laughs> Holy moly! Haven't you been watching? Don't you know your history? God. No, well, hubris and Brilliant. Van Gaal go well, hand in hand, don't they? 
But, but Fred, you said that this is the biggest day of the, of the year, but surely uh, the game that the Dutch played, where unfortunately they were knocked out. I'm, I'm married to a Dutch uh, um, spouse, so yeah, there was a lot of orange in the in the room, and yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. That free you, kick, though. Yeah, oh, over the, that. the free kick. Oh, didn't we see that live? We were actually in the show. We were at the we were time. Um, the the oh, Dutch are no, so passionate. Yeah, it was during our show that we saw the free kick. And, and I lost my mind. I was wearing a Dutch shirt. Though. I'm a little bit biased, fair to say. But anyway. There's only, oh, only one day better than the final of the, the, the Football World Cup, and that's the Koning Inner Day. Oh, what a day out. <laughs> exactly. That's a... Whew, for those people Good party, that. Boy, boy, that is a party. You slap on your orange, you go to the streets, you just party it up all day. It's great fun. And and you take out all your crappy items, put them on the street, and you sell them. You sell them. People buy them. them. Exactly. Oh, uh, Fred, I know, I know we're concentrating on the final. Yeah, but let's I, talk about the final. I want to. I just. I do want to just quickly ask, just for my TAB bit later on, the dead rubber, Croatia, Morocco. Yeah, well, what can we expect there? I mean, are they going to go all out? Surely Morocco will have uh, five players available and are broken. But I mean, Morocco will be fired up for this, won't they? Yeah, I think Morocco win. I, I I actually think yeah, Morocco will go. Look, let's let's go for it. Let's give it heaps here, you know. And I think uh, Croatia may rotate because you know they made the final last time. A lot of the players have have um, have been in a World Cup final. Um, that's their sort of the pinnacle of going to be the pinnacle of their careers uh so you know the, the, there'll be there'll be a bunch of players who go yeah i want to play uh but i also think the coach will uh reward the squad and 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 rotate a few more players morocco whoever's fit will will get on the pitch um because yeah they are <laughs> i think they're i think they're mentally and physically just exhausted and uh and rightly so you know that's been Phenomenal achievement from them. You know, first half team in yeah. the semis. It's absolutely phenomenal carrying the weight of like the Arab world and the African world on their shoulders for the whole tournament. And so, yeah, I think uh, there's a there's a bunch of injuries in their squad, and so it'll be uh, the, the fittest eleven will will get on the park. Noted. Okay, I might take that into my uh, bets. You run, need to run a mile from, but um, <laughs> I'd go now the biggest. <laughs> The biggest upset of the tournament came on the third day. Uh, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina 2-1. Does that have any bearing in the final? Nah. Nah. I think, uh, I think that was, you know, France, uh, Tunisia beat France 1-0, you know, end of the group stage. You know, France already threw, but I, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think all that did was fire up the Argentinians. So from that <laughs> point on, they virtually, they were playing knockout football for the rest of the tournament. Yeah because they had to win their next two games, which they did, Mexico and Poland. Um, then, obviously, then you're in the knockout stage. So they've been, they've been playing finals for five games already, um, five or six games. So, you know, I think that's actually, in some ways, strange way, it sort of helped them. Probably has meant that they haven't been able to rotate their players as much as they would have liked. Um, however, you know, from a ment- mentality perspective, harden the edge. Definitely, absolutely, definitely. Um, mm. So, and I think that'll that that helps them going into the final. But they're up against a decent French side, although you know, as, as you mentioned up top, um, got some illness in the camp. 
um, have have had illness for a last uh, for the semis as well. So Rabio and um, a couple other players unavailable. So yeah, depending on how bad that is, um, yeah, we'll see how how badly it affects the players. Well, we know how uh, France are going to set up. Um, you know, unless Susie's got to them all, I, I'm guessing <laughs> yeah. it will be Larice in goal, Kunde on the right, Hernandez on the left, um, Varane. They'll probably Canate. bring back. They'll probably bring back Upamecano, but I think they should start Canate. I thought he was magnificent in that semi-final. Yeah. Yeah. Rabio, um, Chouamini, uh, Griezmann in that withdrawn position. He's been excellent, hasn't he? Mbappe, Dembele, and Giroud. Um, but Argentina have probably tinkered with their lineup, have multiple sort of ways that they could go about taking on the French. They've played three at the back, uh, 4-4-2. They've mixed it up, haven't they? How do you think they should take on France? I, th- I think they'll they'll play defensive. I think they'll play five at the back. Well, you know, three with the, the wide guys. I think Akuna will come back in on the left. Yep. Um, and and I think they'll they'll just... They'll be worried. Obviously, they're worried about, as everyone is, the pace down the flanks that the French possess. You've got uh, Dembele on one side and Bappe on the other side. And I think they'll overload. They'll, they'll drop their wide guys back um, and they'll overload those areas, play really deep to deny them space from behind and try and allow, you know, uh, hope that Messi comes up, conjures up a piece of magic that gets them over the line. And I think that's the way they'll they'll approach the game. I can't you can't see them sitting there going, you know, the coach sitting there going, I think our players are better. We're going head to head with these guys. You just can't see that, you know. So I think, yeah, I think they'll they'll end up playing five three two and playing. They'll have less of the ball and more on the counter attack and hope, as I say, hope that Messi and Alvarez can do what they've been doing the last uh, couple of games. Fred, this might sound strange. These are two sides that made a World Cup final. I, I, I'm really high on both the sides. But I'm going to say, they ha- I, neither of them have really got anywhere near 100%, have they? No. No, I don't think so. I think um, the best we've seen of France, Australia. They played Australia, you know, 4-1 against Australia when they got shot. But they, ma- they manage um, games, don't they? They suffer, as the yeah, French would just, say, they, from, from, from time to time. And they have enough quality. Yeah, they do. I think, um, and and Morocco is a good good example of that. They, you know, two nil up. They score after five minutes. They get a second, and then they're just controlling the game, which is yeah. not, you know, from a from a neutral perspective, which is not that exciting. You know, Morocco are having chances and and uh, dominating dominating a bit of territory, but France are playing within themselves. They've done the hard work. They are. They're going. They're going. Look. No, if, if we can concede one more, that's okay. I don't mind that, um, you know. But we're we're comfortable here. We've done we've done it. You know, we've we've broken the game, and now we're just gonna wind the clock. And so, yeah, I think that's yeah. Like I say, from a neutral perspective, you want them to go on and actually show their real quality. Um, but they, yeah, they don't they don't do that. And um, yeah, that's it's probably the. The, it would be nice to see them just go, look, we are going full gas for 90 minutes here. Mate, they know how to win us. They, they've done it four years ago yeah. when they played within themselves. Mate, this ain't the 1974 Dutch team who want to, you know, want to embarrass Germany 
Just win the darn game, man. Just win it. Do you believe? Do you believe in? Yeah, it is. This is payback for the war. We've scored early. Now we're going to embarrass you. God, Vinhani. How does Anyway, sorry. Sorry. No. And then I watched a documentary last night on the 78 team and who wasn't at that tournament. Anyway, I'm opening lots of old wounds. Do you believe in things? We've got to finish with this one, Fred. Do you believe in things being written in the stars? Lionel Messi will come. I'm asking you essentially who wins. No, I don't. I don't think so. I actually mm. think uh, I think so long so long as the French can put out their best team, I think France have too much quality up top, and I think they will they'll win it. Um, the only way I can see Argentina winning it is either they score first and it um, it ends up you know they 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 defend for their lives and they win they eke out a one nil, um, or it's nil all goes to penalties, and neither side can can break the game open. So yeah, I think that's that's Argentina's lot. Um, it's interesting though, like uh, the Messi Maradona thing. Uh, you know, when you when you think back to '86 and how amazing Maradona was in that tournament, I think Messi's getting pretty close to that, to be honest. Yeah. And and when you when you look at Maradona, some of the goals, like in the in the knockout stages, he was phenomenal. You know, England, Belgium in the semi final, quarter final, semi finals. Um, yeah, I I think yeah. If, It'd be interesting if Messi can can conjure that up. If he can, then boy, he goes. He steps right up next to Maradona. Fred, you're a hero. Thanks so much for joining us throughout the year, my friend. I uh, hope you and your family have awesome, a wonderful mate. Christmas, happy New Year. Good Thank you so much, yeah, Fred. Guys, <laughs> no worries. Thanks very much. <laughs> Fred Dion joining us there, football commentator, former All Whites, um, great friend of SCNZ. We do appreciate uh, him joining us throughout the year. Back after this break, uh, we're going to head to Trentham. 28 minutes after 12 o'clock, 17th of December, 2022. It's time to make history, Grant Elliott. World record attempt on the way. Grant Elliott, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you may have heard is a world record holder. But he dropped a bomb on us earlier today. He's got two world records. Two? You got two of them. Two. Well, two I them? mean, you got the thing two is, is it's not just my own. Two of them. They're in partnership. Yeah. One. In partnership. One really isn't your work, though, is it? Luke Ronke batted well. Yeah, Luke, Luke Ronke did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm now stalking behind Grant Elliott, trying to put him off a little bit. And Zulfi Kababa did very well in yeah. the 10th wicket partnership. So, uh, Ben Francis, the genesis of the story, Ben Francis sent a video out to the crew uh, a few weeks ago with some of the wackier world record attempts of 2022. And I think a throwaway comment from Grant Elliott was something along the lines of, God, anyone can do that one. That about right? There's probably a couple in that yeah. montage. Yeah. <laughs> so the one that uh, you felt most likely to have a decent crack at is what you're going to attempt right now. Well, I think it was fitting. Typing out the alphabet with cricket gloves. Yeah. Yeah. On. On. So I did. I typed the the alphabet out, uh, bare knuckled, and then I got underneath the time, didn't yeah. I? Oh, I was close. So it was yeah. eight seconds. Yeah. And now I received. Well, actually, I had to go down to Rebel Sport because I forgot my own cricket gloves. How so many I, cricket gloves do you have at home? Uh, oh, numerous. <laughs> I have given them away. But what we're going to do with these, though, is once I do beat the world record, we're going to sign them off and uh, give them to a listener, aren't we? Oh, 
auction. Uh, no, we're going to auction them off. There's a world record. We're going to auction them off, and we'll probably keep the money. No, we won't. Really? We're going to give it away to charity. I've got mouths to Christmas. feed at home. We're right. going to wait. We're going to buy my, a ham, and we're going to be outside the mouth. TAB giving ham yeah. we're gonna to our it. listeners. We're going to spend it all on ham. <laughs> Okay. Come on, Ben Francis. That wasn't bad by our standards. We, we can go far lower. How are you feeling, Grant? Is I'm a bit nervous. You're a bit nervous? Yeah. What we'll do is... You need to get the timer. We're going to need the official timer. All right. Are you ready, Grant? I'm ready. Hold on. So let me just get the uh, stopwatch and keyboard in frame. Are you ready, Grant Elliott? I'm not getting one. I'm getting a couple of opportunities. On now. your marks. Get set. Go! A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Hey, George, okay. Eight point one yes! seconds! New world record! Yes! There it is. Look. Get the sponsors in there. Yeah. Get the sponsors in there. I think I can do better. Do I get another opportunity? Oh, why not? Why not? Grant Elliott, three times world record holder. He's absolutely smashed it. I'm going to push now the boat out now. He's nailed it. Absolutely no fault. Let's have another attempt. I'm really going to push the boat out. Yeah, here. you were you were a bit measured for my liking. Grant Elliott, are you ready to I'm break ready. a new world record? On your marks. Get set, go. Look at him go. He's absolutely flying, flying through. No. Oh no. It's Stuffed one more it. go. One more. One more go. A B C D E F G H U. Hui. We're having H-U? a hui. H U. Is English your second language? <laughs> You've got to know the alphabet as well. That's the tough thing. <laughs> exactly. Okay, reset it. Give me reset. another go. He's already broken it. He's already broken it. Did you get the official time, Ben? Of course you did. Three, two. Are you ready, Grant Elliot? I'm ready. Go. Let's see if he can actually do the alphabet. Flying along again. Done. I, oh, oh no, you missed the I, clock. I missed the clock. It was definitely under eight seconds, Grant Elliott. That's fine. You've got the video, though. Yeah, we, we do have we, the video. We're going to submit that to the Guinness Book of Records. Grant and Elliott. My condolences go out to, uh, I'm not sure what his name is, Ben Francis, but world record holder currently in India, and he's broken numerous uh, world records on the keyboard. But today, unfortunately, you're coming second. You've now won, uh, that's your third world record. Um, how, how does this one stack up? Uh, and it's nice to be out of the shadow of Luke Ronke, isn't it? Well, this, is, this would probably be my most satisfying because it's just been done by myself. Uh, I didn't need a partner on the other end to carry me the whole way. So to all those listeners and fans out there uh, that have just witnessed this world record, thank you for your support. Uh, New Balance as a sponsor, <laughs> your continued support as well. Thank you very much. And uh, you're welcome, I guess. And SCNZ. Yeah. And you're welcome. You have been entertained. Grant Elliott, world record holder. Another one. Sorry, mate. I missed this. Stop. I know. I, I think that was under broken. under eight. Oh, I'm feeling the pressure, man. I'm shaking. I don't know how you coped. It's all right. It's all right. The two efforts are there. Ben Francis, what is the name of the former world record holder? Yeah. We need to find out if this is official as well. Can we get him on the phone? Well, that could be Can a task for phone? 2023, maybe. We'll get him on the phone. Uh, post it. Put it out there. You know, tag him in. I would like him to congratulate me. <laughs> to send a video message yeah, with mean, his kids around too, with his kids heartbroken. Well, that's <laughs> a, ideally the kids would be crying. Well, that's going, 
<laughs> That's what all the sportsmen do, don't they? You know, yeah. Viv Richards contacted yeah. Yeah. Brendan McCullum well, when he well done, beat his world record. <laughs> Congratulations. Really proud of you. Look, the international media is already calling. Are they? Yeah. Overseas numbers are flooding in. That's <laughs> from India. Incredible stuff. They're disputing it. Yeah, no doubt. Grant Elliott has uh, broken another world record, unofficially, because even with video evidence, Ben, do we actually have to get the Guinness Book of World Records official adjudicator in? I think that's how it rolls. We need an official adjudicator. So we'll send this off, and they'll send an official adjudicator to watch you do it live, and then they'll ratify it. And I've got the receipt for the gloves as well from Rebel Sport. You're going to take them back. And get your... Well, they have to be very... Can I? Yeah, maybe I can actually get a return. I didn't think about that. Haven't used them for a game yet. But we're going to get these signed, aren't we? We need to get these bad boys signed. Well, you'll need to. While it's a world record. Well, it's unofficial, isn't unofficial. it? Unofficial. <laughs> it's unofficial. But we've got video evidence. I, how, how they could deny you, I would never know. I also love the fact that Ben Francis did not think this would happen. So um, he didn't think that I would be able to perform this world record. So, Ben, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you must be a bit disappointed. Uh... I I, as, well, I I look at it from this perspective. Now, he sounds ecstatic for me. Well, because Grant's got another Grant's got another world record to his name, so I keep thinking, <laughs> surely he could afford one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> oh, here we go. It always comes back. I'm just going to give you the hundred and twenty dollars. No, it's so salty. On it. and, and attach interest on it. It's interest now seven it. years overdue, isn't it? Yeah. And interest uh, rates are going up all the time, Grant. Yeah. No, that is true. And. Oh, brilliant. For those listeners that don't know, it was the bet that Ben Francis took mm. uh, against me in the World Cup semi Well, it wasn't you, but you ruined my bet. That's more what it is. And I've also got beef with Marty Banks, too. <laughs> Can oh. we get some violin music playing? Oh, my word. We have to hear this every weekend. Even, even though Just I gave pay him the a, man. Yeah, okay. We're going to do that in the new year. That's, put that on my <laughs> no, list of should, things to do. You should send, like Jitta Cheech, send him a dollar a day for 120 days. <laughs> Do something like that. It is 24 minutes um, away from one. Look, look, mate, I'm tingling, mate. I'm around greatness. I'm surrounded by greatness. <laughs> Three-time world record holder Grant Elliott. This is amazing stuff. Uh, I guess we'll catch up with a good old team after this break. Yeah. 24 minutes away from one o'clock. Two minutes away from one o'clock. This is the Saturday session with Daniel McCarty and now three-time world record holder Grant Elliott. Are you going to congratulate uh, me, Clado? We've got oh, the hello, good oil, Clado. don't we? Are you going to congratulate me or what? Oh, I certainly am, and I'm waiting for that video to come through to see how you I'm did going to send it. I'm going to send it through now, Clayton. Don't worry, it's going to go all onto Twitter. I'm going to thank all those oh, people that wrote me letters. The buggery out of it, isn't he? Just before, yeah. I mean, you know what, Clayton? Tell me. I'm I'm actually really satisfied because I think <laughs> that Ben Francis and Daniel McCarty, although Daniel McCarty started backing me this morning, I think. That's when I saw the turn. No, no. I started backing you last Saturday when you actually did it with just air, air fingers. Air, air under, and I went, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. He might pull this off. And then I forgot my gloves, didn't I, Clado? So I had to scramble. I got <laughs> the goldfish. I, I got these gloves on special as well, yeah, of to, course. Had to go down to Rebel Sport, who will soon be a sponsor of this program in 2023. <laughs> if not, our sales team should be sacked. It's all right. They don't work on a Saturday anyway. They won't be listening. Oh, brilliant stuff. All right. So enough of Grant talking about his favourite subject, Grant. 
<laughs> uh, what have you got? What have, what have you guys got on your on your fine broadcast? Well, we've got a big day of racing today. We do have a Group One at Invercargill Harness, but that'll come up after our show. The Good Oil with Louis Herman Watt and the one and only Steve McKee. So, just going through a few quaddy selections now for our quaddy crush. But big day of racing both meetings. We've got a Group Three Eulogy Stakes at. It's moved up to Tarapa, so that's a really nice field. The Phillies is twelve Phillies in there, and probably. 12 of them could just about win it. So that's a real field wow. job, if you ask me. And got the Manawatu Cup, and that has moved to Trentham. So you'd be able to pop out after the show, boys, and get some. Oh, I've, got to hit to, I've got to hit to Sky Stadium for a little football game. That will be on SNZ too. Oh. Yeah, McCarty's got a big day, a big day. And um, we just did a little bit of uh, a previewing, or sorry, reviewing of our year as well. That's what we do with our show, Plato. We do a review and a preview every morning. Okay, so yeah, I'll look we, forward we to have, next uh, week's. Uh, you know, we just break down <laughs> what was so good about the show. Oh, okay. Um, so it's generally, so it's, it's, it's generally just break. that. We don't, we, we don't look at the negatives. Well, they, <laughs> we they, they give me 360-degree feedback <laughs> in Francis and Daniel McCarty. And yeah, brilliant. Brilliant, well, boys. Clara, Argentina win. I bought my Argentina shirt in. Oh. Oh, did you? Yeah. Vamos! That, lo- that looks grey and white. What is that? Oh, it's white. It's, it's horizontal not, stripes, but I haven't got a diagonal one, so or a horizontal. So I'll be like horizontal 4 shirt. o'clock on Monday he morning. Do, he does look like he's just finished five to six years for fraud, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Name's Madoff, not Madoff. What, what do you want for your sporting Christmas? Just to be able to put the listeners a couple of winners? Yeah, just uh, listeners have a have a great Christmas, great and safe Christmas, and back some winners, make some money, and yeah, head on into twenty twenty three. Grant, you got something there for us? Clado, how would you like a Saturday sesh t shirt with me, Daniel McCarty, and Ben Francis on it? Yep, if you take well, my love racing, <laughs> if you take my <laughs> love racing t shirt, my team Clado t shirt, we'll swap. It was too long a pause. That was a long pause. That was a long pause. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Is it no. like you know, computer-generated graphics uh, facial expressions? or well, We haven't designed it? it yet. We're, basi- oh. we're just basically trying to figure out ways to milk more money uh, oh, okay. well, in 2023. And it, it'll probably have my three world records planted yeah. on it with the dates of them on yeah, the back Yeah, we're going to sign Grant's gloves, wow. sell them off, and buy some Christmas ham for our families. We're not oh. giving it to charity. Don't be stupid. No. We can give it to ourselves, mate. That record really, might be gone be by next week. You fired the yeah, boys up. <laughs> no, we've, we've, we're, car- we're encouraging the listeners to do it at home, send them their own videos to us at SCNZ and go underneath uh, Grant's time, which I think there's a still image of him finishing. There is, so I'm roughly send that about 7.6 seconds. He's taken a full second off the world record. So you just Incredible sit there and bang the keyboards. Yeah, we've got to do the full alphabet. From A to Z. That's how the alphabet tends to go, from A to Z. Yep. Oh, I thought, I thought it was QWERTY. Clayton, I'm... I'm sure you could probably pull it off once you put your mind to it. <laughs> Beg your pardon? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't use want to that joke about down, all no. the practice going to bed with your cricket gloves on. <laughs> That's why you're so good. Yeah, don't. Thank okay, I can't use that one. <laughs> Thanks, Clayton. Have Thanks. a great Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year to Have a good show. Yeah, Thanks no, a lot, It's been great Clayton. coming in after been you guys awesome. all. Yeah, it's been a great uh, intro for our show. Thanks so much, uh, fella. I do appreciate that. The good oil. Um are exactly that, the good oil coming up after 1 o'clock with all of the good oil. Uh, speaking of good oil, the sporting punch you should probably run a mile from uh, and our final thoughts on our final show. A historic day where Grant Elliott has won another world record. 
What a day of contrast, eh, Grant Elliott? You break a ward record 20 minutes ago, and now we get a letter from SNZ Management saying, pack your bags. You missed too many days of 2022. You're gone. Doesn't matter. You're gone. You're a world record holder. I'm a world record holder. Uh, Hello, Daniel Grant and Ben. Thanks, Seats, for the Saturday session, writes Dave. uh, You guys make my drive from the Tron back to Palmy tolerable. Daniel, your enthusiasm is infectious, and Grant, your resilience to working with Daniel is commendable. I love that sentence. So true. <laughs> so true. What about Ben Francis? Apart though? from the disparaging comments towards the mighty Hawks Bay, it's been a perfect year. Merry Christmas to you and your families, and have an awesome 2023. Thank you, Dave. Those messages mean so much, mate. Um, to you and all of our listeners throughout the year, we love chatting to you. We'd, we'd want to talk to you more. That's the one thing I'll ask. Don't be afraid to join in. Yeah, no wrong you... answers, no wrong opinions. 2023, we hope it is uh, your year on this show. I would love to hear your voices more on 0800 811. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you, always to our listeners. It has been great to hear from Dave as well. He has phoned. I didn't realise he was travelling back from to Tron to Palmy. Um, I don't know. It's trading what... up every Saturday though, isn't it? Yeah. but Even though you're going down. Well, what would be... Worse going from Palmy to the Tron or Tron to Palmy? Come on, mate. Palmy. Palmy every day. Yeah. Why don't you take a little, another hour and come to Wellington? We have Get to drive that, very fast then. The transmission highway, though. Lundy drove that far? <laughs> <laughs> don't drive like him. Yeah. No, uh, your highlight of the year on the show, Grant Elliott probably breaking a world record. No, it's not about me. Not about me. <laughs> My God, what a disingenuous, it, it is disingenuous not, SOB. It's not are. about me and my three world records. Enough about me. What do you think of me? <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, though, my highlight is um, the thing I really look forward to every weekend is not only working with uh, you and Ben Francis, but listening to our legends. I love listening to our legends, and um, I'm very inquisitive around what drives people yes. to being the best they can possibly be. And we're fortunate enough to get absolutely amazing athletes on the show, thanks to the three of us that try and go through our, our black books, but mainly Ben Francis. Um, and to get them on the show and try and pick their brains, to try and give the listeners a little bit of insight into what makes them um, amazing and, and why they've, they've stuck out to your average sports person. And I think that that's been um, you know, really humbled and privileged to be in that position. Ben Francis, your highlight? Ah, oh, working with you two every week. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the truth. Uh, I am telling Probably you the, the truth. Probably the Warriors coming home, right? Well, I wasn't oh, here for thought. that. Oh, you took the weekend off to go watch the Warriors in their first home game, didn't you? I did. Another weekend off. Another weekend off. <laughs> oh, yeah, Grant, I haven't had as many weekends <laughs> off like you. <laughs> Grant, oh, Grant the ret- line goes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's caught a big in there. Uh, Roll him in. Roll him in. Uh, my highlights all the live sport. Lots of World Cups. It's been a treat. Yeah, you've been busy, haven't yeah, you? T20, Women's World Cup, cricket, and now the FIFA World Cup. Uh, thank you for those opportunities, uh, and thank you again to the listeners. All right, Sporting Don't tips. forget Christmas in Karachi. Yeah, uh, Boxing Day. Can't wait for that. Uh, let's get to the sporting tips you should probably run a mile from to finish. Um, my outsider, I'm going to go Morocco to beat Croatia, paying $3.10 in mm. the third and fourth path. I have no real conviction over that. Um, no, Fred de Jong did say it. Oh, he well, said he reckoned up Morocco. Yeah, I, I, $3.10, I'm going to go Morocco. I think it's a home game for them with their fans. I think their fans mm. get them home. And I'm predicting France to beat Argentina. 
Uh, I'll go exact score because I was successful with the Phoenix um, exact score last week. I'm going France 2, Argentina 1, paying $10. Ben Francis, what have you got? So before we were talking about days off, so I made a couple of calls and Grant had, he claimed he had seven days off last year. So the TAB for overs for seven or 7.5 more days off for Grant Elliott next year is paying a dollar and one. For less is $51. So I think I'm going to take the overs. You're going to take the overs? Nice. So you're taking the dollar one? Yeah. Well, I, hey, I, I, I don't. I, Grant's going to be away for more than seven days, so to me, it's easy money. I'm getting sacked after this conversation. Dollar anyway, one. it's it's a pretty conservative bet. Then <laughs> would have expected more from you. Yeah. The one percent return in twelve months' time. As uh, you know, a financial advisor, I'd say there's better deals out there. <laughs> uh, Grant Elliott, what have you got? Um, I've got a little rank outsider, and that's for the first ball of the match, which is coming up shortly. Um, Australia versus South Africa. Um, and it is to be hit for four, and it gives you $26. So just put a little 20 on there and who, get a who, nice... Do you know who won the toss? I don't even know. who. Australia's oh, Australia won, wins. Australia's fields. won the toss in a fielding. Yeah. So I'll go a dot ball first. Oh, a little edge. Dollar 20. No, a little, little edge. Little edge. Edge for four. Four runs. Thank $20 you. on it gets you 520. Happy Christmas. Love you, listeners. Right. Thanks for all your support and encouragement. Love you, world record holder. Have a great Christmas <laughs> to you and yours. And yours, Ben. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Ben Francis. Christmas well. Stay safe. Thanks, Daniel.